Hello and welcome to the 250. Your weekly podcast looking at the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time, and sometimes the bottom 100 as well. I'm your host, Darren Mooney, and joining me, as always, on this voyage of adventure is the wonderful Andrew Quinn. How are you, Andrew? I'm cruising. Thank you, Darren. How are, how are, you, how are you getting on yourself? Are you well? I, I'm good. I, you know, I'm got, things are going swimmingly. You know, I'm just kind of, uh, it's clear sailing as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, um, as, as listeners may have guessed, we are talking about John Dubon's 1997 would-be blockbuster with an asterisk next to it, Speed 2 Cruise Control. And joining us for this discussion, we have two fantastic guests. First of all, the man who invited himself on this podcast by crowning himself the 250's king of questionable sequels, the fantastic Jason Coyle. How are you, Jay? <laughs> it's great to be back for this one, Darren. <laughs> and I sense the real enthusiasm and warmth there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the guest who sparked this debate, when I asked him, would he like to come on the podcast and talk about any movie that he wanted from the top 250, the bottom 100, he got back with a list. He said, Requiem for a Dream. And when that wasn't punishing enough, he said, Speed 2, Cruise Control. Richard Drum, how are you, Richard? Hello. Um... In surprisingly high spirits, I have to say, uh, this was not as painful as I feared it would be, which may be a controversial opinion. So, okay, well, since you're the person who who made the choice, who mm-hmm. brought us all here for this today, justify yourself, Richard. Um, but no, what was it about Speed 2 when you saw it on that list of movies we had in cover that you said, yeah, that's a movie I want to revisit and that's a movie I want to talk about? Uh, two very simplistic reasons. One being I'd actually seen it, which is not true of the majority of the remaining films on that list. And yes. As I learned from last time doing uh, Mac and Me and Mortal Kombat Annihilation, going for films I haven't seen previously is not the best solution to these podcasts. Uh, Secondly, I'm a rather large fan of a certain Mr. Willem Dafoe and thought, you know what? I can watch that. Talk about that. Enjoy his presence. (laughs) Yeah. He is Willem de friend to some of us, truly and deeply. Indeed. All right. So, yeah, and it is worth noting, by the way, that this is the... Um, I think we got that on mic, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell him, though. Sorry, sorry. No, no, finish him off. Um, finish finish him. him. <laughs> Appropriate for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, but yes, so we were talking about is 1997, which is um, an interesting year in terms of kind of movie culture. It's an interesting year in terms of blockbusters. Um, Speed 2 Cruise Control is meant to be one of the biggest movies of the year. It is the sequel to the 1994 Jean Dubont film Speed. Now, Andrew likes it when we play games on this podcast. So, Jean Dubont has made a total of five films. Yes. How many of those films... Andrew's like, yes, I love this game. How many of those films do we reckon have been on either list, either the top 250 or the bottom 100 in total. So total for both lists. So do we, do we, do we all guess separately and then reveal it? You all guess, okay, we all guess separately the number and then I'll go round and, and we'll ask like what we think they are. Because I think once you know the number, you can work backwards and say, well, I'm fairly sure Cradle of Life um, is, is kind of a film that was on a particular list. So total for both lists, I'm going to ask you people to write them down or to, to get ready to gesture with fingers. It's never clear so from looking at the page on a Zoom screen what, what, what number, <laughs> number it was. It is an honor system. Yeah. We do operate on an honor system. All right. So Are we allowed to quickly check his filmography before making this guess? Because I don't know what no. films he's even made, Bart. No. 
No. Okay. No. You, you chose the movie, Richard. <laughs> I don't know his extended work, though. There are only five of them, and, and like, I'm barely sure you know what two of them are. Like, yeah, there are the three, though. There, there will be a second round as well. There will be a second round. We're, you can, you can, earn, you can earn back. Okay. Okay. So, total across both lists. So, everybody, three, two, one, go. I, that's a three. Oh, nice! Yeah. Good hustle! Everybody got it. He has really? three films. Oh, wow. Yes, on both lists. The breakdown is two lists in the top two, two films in the top 250, one film in the bottom 100. We're obviously talking about that film. So which of John Dubon's other four movies do we think were in the top 250? Oh, so I'm going to go to Jay first. I would imagine it's Speed and Twister. Yes. Bang, you got both of them. Congratulations. Both Speed and Twister have appeared on the top 250. And on four, sorry, sorry, just worth saying before we start this conversation that I'm a huge, <laughs> huge fan of both Speed and Twister. I think Twister's brilliant. So with everything that follows this, John DeBond, <laughs> I apologize. I apologize but, in advance. You know, what? I have your best interests at heart. I'm doing it because I love you. Well, John DeBond pulls the rare Guy Ritchie where his two debut films appear in the top 250 and then his third film appears on the bottom 100. We call that the Guy Ritchie because Guy Ritchie is the most prominent example of that trope. But yes, he makes Speed in 1994, which is a relatively low budget action movie with a budget of somewhere between 30 and 40 million dollars, starring two relatively fresh face stars. You have Keanu Reeves, who's still coming out of kind of redefining himself as a young actor, trying to redefine himself as an action hero in his own right. You have Sandra Bullock, who has paid a total of $150,000 for her co-starring role in the original Speed. That is a production that is remarkably fraught, remarkably tense. There are last-minute rewrites on the script happening up until filming. Dennis Hopper's character did not appear in initial drafts of the script and was only added to the script months before filming started, um, to give you a sense of how chaotic the production of Speed was. But yes, the movie's released. It is a massive success. Dubon then goes off and he makes Twister. And basically, and again, this is an example of where cinema culture was maybe in the mid-90s and how things have changed so dramatically in the years since Fox look at the success of the original Speed and they say let's make a sequel to that but they realise that they have made one fatal miscalculation neither Keanu Reeves nor Sandra Bullock had signed contracts that would bind them to sequels should those sequels be made so basically they go around they offer both of them large sums of money to appear in the movie apparently reportedly uh, Sandra Bullock's salary for this is 11 million dollars and the financing of her own passion project that is Hope Springs. And apparently they make a similar offer to Reeves to reprise or to repeat reappear in Speed 2. Reeves declines. Um, and we'll talk maybe a little bit about like how Speed 2 affects the careers of virtually everybody who touches it. But one of the great ironies is that Reeves has argued that like not being in Speed 2 also hurt his career because he was persona non grata at Fox for a decade after that. He would finally be convinced to return to the studio. The studio would finally welcome him back for making for the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still uh, nearly 10 years later. Um, but yes, so basically they managed to convince Jan Dubon to come back. They managed to convince Sandra Bullock to come back and they greenlight the sequel. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about the kind of genesis of that in a, in a moment. But I'm going to guess that like, I don't know, I don't, wanna, don't want to age Jay and Richard on the podcast, but did either of you see this movie in initial release? In Richard probably have five years of age or something when it came out. Uh, literally, actually, yes, maybe there you go. six. Uh, I did see it when it came out. Um, about the first speed and the second one. <laughs> um, one of those was a marvellous experience. 
the other I'd forgotten until today. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a long time ago. It's yeah. uh, I'm getting I'm getting I'm the, the it's been eighty four years, gif essentially at this stage on this podcast. The, from the other great nineteen ninety seven boat from movie. the other exactly yes exactly the one that made the money. Oh, we, we I have a whole section on that. Water was very very big in nineteen ninety seven in Hollywood. Um, but Andrew, what about yourself? Had you seen Speed Two before we did this for the podcast? I I was still in nappies when this came out. I was eleven years of age. Um, so, um, yes, <laughs> um, yes, I, I I had seen it. I think I I had just uh, managed to see Speed in the interim. I had not seen Speed in. in in a cinema, cinema, I don't know if I saw this in a cinema. I suspect I did not, but I, it was definitely around that time, around that time, um, that it would have come out. Um, it could have been one of those network two movies, uh, Thursday night movies. Yeah, this doesn't really feel like a Wednesday night orty prime time kind of midweek movie. This feels more like a you turn it on on network two and it's Thursday night and well, what are you going to do? It's it's. It's a funny thing because, like, the, have, have you noticed how the streaming platforms will launch something that um, I think it's maybe like film Twitter or, or or maybe like me through osmosis knows is bad, but they're putting it on their front page. And I assume that like... Oh, you mean like Bright, for example, or The Grey Man or whatever. Or yeah. anything with Ryan Reynolds. Literally anything with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, or it'll be like... Wonder Woman 1984. It'll be like, you know, exciting new releases. And I'm sure there are people who like that movie, but I think the, the, the reaction was kind of, was, was fairly sniffy. But that, that'll, that'll be kind of like front and center. So I imagine there were a lot of crap movies that, um, but, uh, that, that, that got on net, net, Network 2 on Thursday evenings. Although I doubt that. I never really remember them, be, them being that bad. I suspect Dave Fanning was in there, like a you know, programming thing. <laughs> filtering through, yeah, filtering through yeah. some of the crap. Also, you underestimate the level of uh, adoration Sandra Bullock has amongst like Irish mammies, and I think they probably would have put this <laughs> film fairly prime time. Prominently. Jason, who? Ah, doesn't mind. It's not, a, not a big deal. Never mind. Um, okay, well, let's, let's put this just in, um, in Terminator 2. <laughs> no, that's Robert Patrick. I know. Thank yeah. you. That's the mistake. Okay. Saint Patrick. That's yeah. Saint Patrick. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. The, well, I mean, he can change form. That's why James Cameron cast him. He saved some budget on the special effects. Uh, he's one of the great chameleon actors. You wouldn't even realize it's the same guy. It's a transformative role. Hi. Oh, I like it. Oh, um, I, I think he's a very fluid performer. If you ask me myself. Um, <sighs> but yes, Andrew mentioned terrible, terrible movies. So, yes, let's talk about the summer of 1997, because one of the things that we've been doing kind of like recently, we had Jay on talking about the Jaws sequels, and it was kind of interesting to watch the evolution of Hollywood through the Jaws franchise as Hollywood became increasingly like money happy, franchise driven, sequel driven blockbuster and spectacle driven over the course of those years. And this feels like something of a companion piece to that, not only because it's, you know, obviously a film that takes place in water, but it's also a big bloated blockbuster that is an unnecessary sequel to a beloved original. Um, and to put this all in context, right, 1997 was seen as like a watershed year in terms of blockbusters, where the market was 
absolutely saturated by these films that were competing on this scale. It was a year where you had 10 films grossing over $100 million at the American box office. Believe it was the first time that happened. It was also the same year where both The Lost World and Men in Black grossed over $200 million domestically as well. This is a movie that was so supercharged that you had two separate Nicolas Cage action movies this summer. You had Con Air and Face Off. You had, not only did you have two Nicolas Cage action movies, you had two competing Volcano movies. Dante's Peak and Volcano both released over the course of the same summer. Not only that, you didn't just have two Nicolas Cage movies and two Volcano movies, you also had two Cruise Liners Clyde with a massive object movies with Speed 2 and Titanic later the same year. But you had this kind of huge glut of summer where... All the studios were panicking about how many movies were going to be opening kind of simultaneously and overlapping with one another. And it was the first summer where Hollywood really grappled with the idea that, A, summer was increasingly crowded, so we need to start extending stuff and pushing stuff out. This is the point at which you see Hollywood realize that summer running through June and July isn't long enough. So they start extending and start pushing it out either end. This is where you get... Proposed a new month between August and September. <laughs> yeah. September, I think, is what they called it there. But it's it's things where, for example, like you see them, like Warner Brothers trying to turn March into a big summer release month with kind of movies like, say, 300, Batman versus Superman, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, you have things like pushing like Shang-Chi into September and kind of Marvel trying to claim October, November with movies, you know, that sort of stuff like Thor Ragnarok. Like it, it's very much like it's around 1997 where they realize the traditional summer release model doesn't hold, where you have things like the movies are basically crashing into one another. Where, like, Speed 2 has to get out of the way of Men in Black, but it ends up opening immediately after Con Air. You have Air Force One opening the exact same weekend as Warner Brothers' conspiracy theory. You have things like actors who have to turn down roles in these movies because they've already been cast in other movies. Where Willem Dafoe only gets this role, for example, because Gary Oldman had already been cast as, like, the villain in Air Force One, which was releasing the same summer. Um, You have things like, you know... Was it Contact, which is being moved out into late July? You have Out to Sea, which is a comedy starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, like crammed into July 2nd because they're hoping that it might work as counter-programming. You have all of the studios saying this just isn't going to work. You have things like, say, The Truman Show moves from August to Christmas. Alien Resurrection, which is another 1997 film. Ed TV the same year? (laughs) Um, Ed TV, I think, was the year afterwards. I think that's a 99 movie. but uh, Sorry, 98 movie. Um, I always think of them together. Well, they are. They're kind of paired. Well, they are very much like they're at the same time as, say, Dark City and The Matrix and all that sort of stuff as well. You have things like Alien Resurrection, which is moved from the summer into the fall. Are you going to name all of the movies, (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I just want to give give a sense of, like, how absurdly packed, like, 1997 was in terms of cinema. Like, it's it's carnage. It's a pileup. Like, you have, like, The Fifth Element face off. Consider how many of those movies we've seen. Yeah. You know, like we 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 pretty much um, uh, watched them, right? Um, yeah. Where like aside from ones that were bad, like what were the big failures? <laughs> I guess, or was it just movies not making as much as they could do <laughs> if there were no other movies out? Um, That's pr- pretty much it. Well, again, this is the point where Hollywood realizes that 
the second weekend means nothing. Yeah. This is where you start seeing the idea that opening weekend is the most important weekend where movies no longer have really long tails. And again, like if you if you notice, Titanic is one of the last examples of a movie. Titanic and Avatar are the last examples of movies that have really, really, really long tails where people are going to see them months and months after they release. Like you have exhibitors talking about how because you have like 5,000 screens opening simultaneously, these things are basically like flashes in a pan. They open and then immediately evaporate. They have these huge, massive like second weekend drop offs. And that's, you know, arguably part of like where we end up now in terms of cinema. I just thought this was kind of interesting to note when we talk about like speed. Aside two from and placing Mamma Mia speed. too, um, that that didn't 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 that in in Ireland anyway that stayed around for a while, didn't it? It it did stay around for a while, but I mean we're still not. It's not pulling Titanic numbers. Um, like that's the thing. It's 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 not pulling Titanic. Everyone's forgotten about Titanic at this point. It's all like Mamma Mia too. <laughs> <laughs> everybody talks about. That's fair. I mean, James Cameron did go back and do a 3D remaster of kind of Mamma Mia too. To be fair, um, but yeah, like and and again, like 20th Century Fox. So all the studios are kind of like getting very excited about the summer season. And it ends up in tears for several of them. Like we've already talked about, we've covered on this podcast, like Warner Brothers, very embarrassing 1997, where they released like Conspiracy Theory. They released Batman and Robin. They released Steel into cinemas and those movies all kind of dropped dead. But yeah, Fox have a spectacularly terrible um, kind of like 1997, in large part because they make the mistake of allowing Paramount to distribute um, Titanic, which is the highest grossing movie of the year and all time, which means that their highest grossing live action movie from 1997, which is this glut of a year in terms of blockbusters, is actually Speed 2, which is a massive commercial Jeez. failure and ranks, I believe, somewhere around 38 uh, in terms of the year's annual box office. Um, and then I think Alien Resurrection is like 39. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a good year for, for 20th century. You Bob. know I have a real soft spot for Alien Resurrection. <laughs> uh, do, you want to talk, do you want to speak in defense of, of Alien Resurrection? I mean, there's the basketball scene that people don't <laughs> like. There, 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 there's the, the um, people kind of like stuck to walls, being kept alive. Um, well, there, there's, there's, there's the underground, there's the underwater scenes with the, with, with the aliens. Did you know that aliens could swim? They can. Um, there, there, yeah. and again, like water tanks are very big this year. Like, as I said, there's her really cute baby that she has, which is like half her half alien, and it, 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 it you know, it, it, um, it wants to die. Um, okay sorry i i spoke out of turn i spoke out of turn so just to put this in context so like of the domestic box office for 1997 um star wars is eighth that's star, the, the 1997 remaster of star wars is at number eight that is a 20th century fox release but that is not a new release so we're not counting that uh the movie anastasia which is the animated kind of Don Bluth ripoff, which is 20th Century Fox's most successful original film, is the 32nd highest grossing movie of the year. Then you go down to 39 and you find Volcano, 39th highest grossing movie of the year, and Speed 2 Cruise Control, which is Fox's second highest grossing live action blockbuster of this year, earns just fifty, just $48 million at the American box office in 1997. Um, so yeah, no, this is not a good year for for 20th century fox and it's particularly not a good year because and i suspect this is going to be the angle in which we talk about speed or at least a little while this movie 
It's a movie that it won't surprise listeners to know discover has a fairly bloated budget. Its budget is, I believe, somewhere in the region of four times the budget of the original Speed. Depending on who you ask, the budget varies dramatically. So it's it's it was it was greenlit with a budget of one hundred million dollars. Now it went over. Uh, at the time that the movie was released, journalists and other studios were placing the budget somewhere in the region of one hundred forty to one hundred sixty million dollars. Jan Dubont doing press for the movie was very adamant that when they say over $100 million, they mean like $104 million. It's just a little bit over, just just a rounding well, error really is what it was. You can imagine Speed's having a modest budget. Yes. Yeah. But this, like, it's <laughs> difficult to, to imagine how, 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 how you could do this kind of on a, on a small budget. Um, yeah. Other, 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 other than just not getting Keanu Reeves, um, <laughs> which which they did. But Keanu Reeves was relatively cheap on the original Speed as well because he was still no, like at that yes, stage. He was yeah. still yeah, like um, he went off to do Shakespeare in Canada instead of doing this. Well, yeah. that, 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 that's what I mean about 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 how the fir- first movie you can imagine how that can be kind of a um, cost effective. Um, yeah, cost effective, but because of how much of a star maker it was for Keanu Reeves. Um, and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah. All right, then. Um, we will talk, obviously, more about that when we get into into the spoiler zone. But just again, in terms of production for this, it will surprise absolutely nobody to know that there is no continuity in real kind of like creative terms between Speed and Speed 2. Yeah, Christopher Yost, the writer who came up with Speed. Yeah, Christopher Yost, the writer who came up with Speed, apparently. Aside from Jan de Bont. <laughs> yeah, Jan de Bont, which we will talk about. Um, Jan um, de Bont. Um, Christopher, <laughs> a, a, a Dutch filmmaker. Yes, and a cinematographer who worked with... <laughs> with Paul Verhoeven. Yes, on Basic Instinct. That's our, our obligatory Robocop reference. Yes, he worked with the... Obligatory Robocop reference. Um, but yeah, so basically Christopher Yost, who wrote the script for the original Speed, had a number of pitches for the sequel. And they were like, okay, so what if... Hear me out. It's a boat and it's packed with explosives and those explosives will detonate if they get wet. That was pitch number one. Pitch number two was it's a plane flying through the Andes, but there's a bomb on it and the bomb will go off if it goes above a certain altitude. Um, and that was pitch number two. I like pitch number two. Yeah, that was not bad. Uh, that uh, You could call, even just call it height. You could make it now <laughs> and just call it height instead of <laughs> speed. Yeah, right? A speed saga story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> S2. S2. <laughs> The speed set. The the um I mean what they landed on with with this movie is like the first movie is it can't go under fifty miles an hour. Fifty miles per hour. And in this movie it will not go over fifty miles per hour <laughs> at any point. It'll be like no. maximum twenty knots. <laughs> um, um which is like seventy eight kilometers per hour, which is about fifty miles per hour. Um, so, which is less actually than, than, yeah. than 15 miles per hour. So yeah, the, the, um, it's, uh, sorry, sorry, that, that's probably to spoil things in case anyone was, <laughs> hasn't seen the movie and doesn't want to be told how fast the boat goes. It is a boat. I mean, if you don't know what like knots translate to in terms of speed, which I don't like, you did. Suspension disbelief kind of lasts a bit longer. That that boat could be going fast. I don't know. <laughs> the number doesn't there's, sound there's, very high, but yeah, not. There's no objects in the distance to help you get a sense of perspective exactly. there. I mean, it, again, it it's, will surprise. It's not a ferry. It's not. A, it's not in a hurry. 
<laughs> to, to get anywhere it's a it's a it's a it's cruise, a cruise boat. yeah it will surprise nobody to know that the movie apparently originated from john dubon's recurring nightmares <laughs> and mine that was a, <laughs> yeah, that's apparently like where where the idea came from was dubon's like i have this recurring nightmare about a cruise ship that maybe does something that this cruise ship does at the climax of the movie and they're like Fine, if you call it Speed 2, that's the deal. Because, like, one of the big things, if you read reviews of the movie, is that, like, a lot of people, including, like, Kenneth Turan in the Los Angeles Times, and Ebert, who was the rare person to give it a thumbs-up review, are like, this is, how how is this a Speed sequel? In what universe is this a follow-up to Speed? Like, here's, Turan says, like, it's completely appropriate that Speed 2 Cruise Control centers on the hijacking of this legend, because this movie is a form of creative abduction. <laughs> John DeBont has lifted both the title and the star from the original Speed and placed them in a movie that otherwise has little connection to it. Yeah, well, it's like Fierce Creatures, kind of. Uh, although they, <laughs> they didn't call that, like, a fish called Wanda 2. Um yeah. Yeah, but they they call it speed too. Yeah, precisely because they're trying to capitalize on on on, on what they've made. There's not as many people going to the cinema for speed because it doesn't have the tail that Titanic did. So um, so let's put another <laughs> speed movie in in in, in the theater instead of it on a boat. I mean, yeah. it, it is it is worth noting, by the way, that uh, sorry, Jay, you just dropped something in the chat there. Ooh. Oh, check in the chat. Sorry about that. No, no. It's okay. Check is it, I'm just, is it relevant to this? Is it, I'm sorry. Well, I'm checking. check in the chat. No, but it does. T- it does date stamp the podcast. <laughs> oh, has something horrible happened? Yes. Fuck. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. Well, um, okay. sorry. I'm just reacting to Darren at the. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, the the passing of Wolfgang Peterson. Oh, that's a, a fine, fine filmmaker. Now yeah. you mentioned Air Force One earlier. Air Force One again the yeah. same the same summer as this as well. Yeah, ah, that's, Jesus, that's a, that's, that's a shame. Boost. That's a hit. Yeah, yeah, excellent filmmaker. In the Line of Fire, I quite like. Yep. Um, Me too. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I thought that was a Clint Eastwood um, directing uh, that he was directing it. Yeah. <laughs> it does have that vibe a bit, though. In fairness, like yeah, Clint Eastwood's playing an over the hill uh, kind of like law enforcement <sighs> official who asks who's the only man who can solve a problem while sleeping with a woman who's half his age. That does feel like it's a Clint Eastwood movie, to be fair. That does kind of have, like, the short tag there. But um, in terms of, like, Speed 2 as well, like, there's a a recurring legend that goes around Hollywood. John McTiernan um, has done interviews where he says that, like, basically Speed 2 stole his original premise for Die Hard 3, which was going to be John McClane on a boat, right down to the climax of the movie. That seems perfect. No, genuinely, like, 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 you know, because it's, you'd have to convince, you know, it's, it's like his wife trying, his long suffering wife trying to like convince him to take some time off work and go on a cruise. What could possibly go wrong? Perfect. Go go on a cruise, they said. Have a few laughs, they said. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like, but McTiernan was like, we couldn't do that after Under Siege. It felt like it was too derivative. Um, so instead, what we did was we took a, a Lethal Weapon sequel that didn't get made and made that into a Die Hard movie, which is kind of like hey, an interesting. I, I remember they they they, sh- they this is Die Hard three, right? With a, with, with a, a vengeance, with a vengeance, yeah. yeah. They they he I, didn't do two, which is uh, Jay's favorite Die Hard. Goddamn right! I remember that was shown at my at my grandfather's funeral. 
<laughs> it was like ca- <laughs> counter programming like in, 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 in a cousin's house. <laughs> I remember, I remember one you of my. You could tickets, I'd have went. I know. Um, like, you know, because kids needed something to take their mind off, like things, what, uh, you know, and get away from. So they put on Die Hard 3 with a vengeance. I remember one of my cousins crying. <laughs> and then another cousin saying, it's okay, it's not his blood. Which it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he had just killed all those people in an elevator. Um, yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. but I, I do love that it's like, this is how sequels used to get made. Like in the late 90s, before Hollywood was like, no, no, no. This yeah, but at least you were made from scripts, Darren. Do you know what I mean? Most of them were just written on the fly. Last uh, kind of algorithm, algorithmically generated. A week before algorithmic style. But, I mean, but that's the thing is that it's, it's very much like, ah, sequels they don't really matter we're like there is no speed saga we don't have to worry about the integrity of the speed brand <laughs> you don't have to worry about third one anyway <laughs> yeah it's like we'll just take we'll just take well i mean john dubont has said he would love to make a third i one. bet um, he would yeah weren't they threatening one like as recently as two or three years well, ago yeah. didn't someone mention a speed three Ke- keanu reeves was like yeah you know i'm half after doing the matrix i'm half tempted to go I've back got, to speed I've got, I've got i've got i've got some uh i've got something to say about that okay all right all right yeah, um I, but, I, do you believe that um, uh, Keanu Reeves' character from Jack is it from from Speed? Yeah, Jack Travers. Do you think it's possible that he would still be in the demolition kind of um, uh, uh, squad, or, or could could it be along the lines of like somebody is um, um, all of those cases that you that you thought you would um, uh, solve, or that or that case that you never managed to crack? It looks like he's back. His handwriting it's is got- all over this. <laughs> and Terry his- Stamp is Dennis Hopper's brother. Dennis Hopper somehow survived. Yeah, somehow yeah. CGI. Yeah, CGI Dennis Hopper. Did um, did, did did you say Terrence Stamp? As to, yeah, yeah. some English actor, you know, the kind yeah. of the, the Dennis Hopper's character's brother. I can see yeah. it. I can see it. Yeah, um, but I'd like watch it. it. It's just- it's just an interesting kind of snapshot of like a particular moment of blockbuster filmmaking, which is what I think makes Speed Two so 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 interesting uh, because it would never get made today. By, um, so, ironically enough, sorry, like for good by, or for ill. By the way, can I say I don't think I uh, we we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I love in Matrix Resurrections how it's like, but but he hasn't aged. How is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> and they show what Keanu Reeves probably should look like in 2021. Yeah, um, yeah where well. is this like kind of like fat ball guy? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I just thought that was hilarious. It's um, yeah. They've they've obviously cloned Neo <laughs> because there's no way he could look that young. Um, yeah. All right. Um. So. Before we jump into the spoiler zone, before we talk about the movie with spoilers, three questions to get us started. So, Jay, do you think that Speed 2 Cruise Control is one of the worst 100 movies ever made? Well, you know I'm not one for hyperbole, Darren. Um, so believe me when I say this. I actually think Speed 2 is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, I actually, like, I, I don't recall it from when I saw Richard Reeling? Richard is <laughs> Sorry, reeling. Richard. But... <laughs> I, I hadn't, I like, I was so far, I was 25 years distance between me and it that I'd forgotten. I'd, and only about 15 minutes in, I realized like, I've made a terrible mistake here. <laughs> Mooney's got me the swine. <laughs> like, I actually think it's an abomination of the highest order. Oh, it, wow. I think it's dire. Absolutely dire. And I'll wow. get into why. 
But I just okay. Even my dear, dear Sandra Bullock couldn't save it, and I, and I, you know how much I love Sandra Bullock. Yeah, because like but one of the reasons Jesus. why I asked you on wasn't just because I want you to suffer by watching bad sequels. It's because you are a Sandra Bullock fan. I am. You, I know. This is happy enough to revisit it. As I said, I'd forgotten. That was my the, God, I'd forgotten. <laughs> you you told me that 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 was the excuse given for asking him on there, and that the real whatever it takes was that you want to suffer. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it can. It can be too. I don't reasons. mind suffering either. Like, uh, I like I'll suffer for this podcast. I don't mind suffering. I I can be like Willem Dafoe in this movie. I can have multiple motivations. I can have like mo- from one scene to the next. Um, it's good for you, Jay. <laughs> it builds character. Yeah, it is. No, it's, and it's, listen, I've got my money's worth today. Like, I, I will say yeah. that. Like, yes, it does belong in that list. It <laughs> belongs down the bottom of on fire in a pit somewhere. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is going to be a fun one. I get the sense. <laughs> um, Richard. Uh, As the uh, Willem Dafoe stan in the room, do you think that Speed 2 Cruise Control belongs on the list of the 100 worst movies ever made? First of all, to clarify, I was really not because I am here to defend this film more so. I just, I've seen <laughs> Jay's takes on Twitter and the films he has defended in the past or vice versa. And I was just shocked this one actually was bad enough to make the that level of hatred. Um, I know, right? It's impressive <laughs> uh, because controversially, I'm going to say no. Um, usually when I get asked that question on this podcast, I'm like, oh, within the context of the list, yeah, maybe yeah, like kind yeah, of wishy-washy yeah. answers. But now I'm like, I I thought it was fine. I don't think it's good. I thought it was fine. So no. Okay. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's somebody that says that though. I don't mind. Like I, it would be terrible if everybody said that. That was terrible. Because <laughs> there's no fun in that. Yeah, it's good. It'll get a good debate going. There's also a little know. fun yeah. in saying it's adequate. That's not particularly. That's also interesting <laughs> opinion basically, at all either. It's basically competent. Most of it is in show. Most of it's in uh, in focus, focus properly yeah. in focus. Um, so Andrew, what about yourself? Do you think this belongs on the list of the 100 worst movies ever made? I think this is the best movie I've ever seen. I will, and will fight anyone who disagrees. With me. Yeah. Um, no, 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 this makes my position yeah, very difficult. Makes, Darren's yeah. like, how do I? Yeah, how do I? Where position do you myself position in this yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to recalibrate now. No, I, 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 I didn't. I, I, I thought it was definitely bad. I really enjoyed Willem Dafoe in it, uh, understandably, and unsurprisingly. I thought the recasting of Keanu Reeves goes terribly to the, for the most part. And, and that's, it's possible that, that like a, 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 a romantic comedy with, uh, oh, sorry, a romantic, two romantic leads that were in the first movie could have, could have saved this. Um, if they had just spent a few more, like, how much did they spend on 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 this movie? And like, was there no number that they could have convinced Keanu Reeves, Reeves to come back? Well, because I I, I, I can imagine a much cheaper movie being a lot better. Um, and, and 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 by the way, like, I I I don't think it's a problem that they spend so much money on it. I think they could have done something like of this scale, and it could have been good. But. Um, yeah, they get 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 Reeves back, you know. That, um, well, I mean, well, but I, I Reeves, I, yeah, okay. You you're asking about Reeves and why Reeves didn't come back. Um, there have been multiple reasons kind of offered over the years, and to to Reeves' credit, to be fair to him, none of the reasons he's ever given are related to money. There's never been a case where it's like they could have offered me something and I would have chosen to do. I don't it. imagine. I don't imagine it was like. I don't imagine that was the reason. But but also like. 
Was there not an amount? No? Like make a better script. <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love that. I, I see your counter offer of you want you want you want to do something artistic. Take two million out and give yeah. it to William Goldman to polish it. <laughs> let's say let's say he's coming back and he's saying I kind of want to do something more interesting than than the sequel. They could at least be like I see what you're saying and we're going to you know take that note and board. We really really do want you to be in this movie. And we're 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 going to like put real effort into making this like an interesting um, uh, sequel, and you know, not out of the bottle. And you're you're you 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 will be proud to be in it. I don't know. It's it's just crazy that that uh, I, like considering how much money they spent on it, that this isn't a cheap sequel, and and <laughs> the, and, and that the the. But anyway, sorry. What well, what, I mean, like what, the- are, what are what are the the reasons you did give? Well, the reasons that he he did give. Um, well, first first of all, is that like um, it's worth noting that exactly what you're saying is exactly what Bullock and Patrick did, which is the idea that Bullock only did this because they promised to greenlight her own passion project as well. So that's very much like right. I want to do something more than Speed. So they're like, okay, do Speed two, and then we'll let you do uh, Hope Springs. Um, and Patrick himself kind of took the money and the paycheck that he got from Speed 2 and funneled it into Neil LeBute, the director of um, famously the Wicker Man remake that we covered a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, your your friend and neighbors. Uh, I've which seen is the that. Project. Oh, uh, OK. In the screen cinema when it came out. That's I, I haven't seen it since then. I enjoyed it back then. I suspect it has aged abominably uh, in many, many ways. Patrick is repellent in it. <laughs> like he's good in the sense that he, but he's he's meant to be. He might yeah. be the worst person I've ever seen in a film. Um, <laughs> he's yeah, but it, it it's the type of movie that was in the nineties ones. You know, I suspect he'd be better in that. It's yeah, it's not. I suspect that it's it's aged really badly. Yeah, we're going to talk about Patrick later on, but he has a certain energy that I don't think works in this film. That <laughs> yeah. might work in a Neil Butte film, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah. like to to back to your point about Reeves specifically. Um, Reeves was coming off, I think at this stage, he'd just done Chain Reaction. And he had found that, well, first of all, a very physically draining experience. I think he'd had some injury to his knee on, while shooting it. Uh, and a creatively draining experience and the movie was not well received. And he was very much, I want to maybe explore and be taken, you know, much like Speed was a way for me to break out of my kind of stoner persona that I had coming out of the Bill and Ted movies or like as, you know, you know, the kind of teenage heartthrob that I had kind of in the 80s with Gus Van Sant. You know, now I want to break out of the action movie star thing that I seem to have found myself trapped in. So this is around the time he does things like, say, Johnny Mnemonic, I think, is around this time in terms of like Reeves filmography to give a sense of like what he's doing and kind of why he's doing It doesn't really seem like a departure, though, from... It's it's a, well, it's a it's a big science fictiony thing. It's a big science fictiony epic, big ideas movie like the Matrix. Ends Chain up being, Reaction wasn't. No, Chain Reaction is a is a big dumb action movie with Brian Cox and Morgan Freeman. Like the big like yeah, we're not in the spoiler zone, but I, I could like the big twist in Chain Reaction is that it's a movie with Brian Cox and Morgan Freeman, where Morgan Freeman turns out to be the bad guy. Um, it's a very clever twist in the context of like 1996, but it's also not a great movie. Um, but that's really the only card that Chain Reaction has kind of up its sleeve. It's and I I, I don't hate Chain Reaction to be fair. But, yeah, yeah, I I, I suppose um, you, you can't really call it sci-fi if it's just kind of like maybe the MacGuffin almost. I suppose is kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I, I I I was thinking about like the technological kind of like side of it. But yeah, I suppose that's not fair. As... But I I think I think like something like Johnny Mnemonic and The Matrix are very different and very heightened right which is kind of where reeves is going i think 
rather than something like Speed 2, which is like, what if Speed but on a boat? But yeah, so like I don't ever see there being a universe where they could get Reeve to get Reeves to come back for this, where they could convince him to sign on for this. And he also the same the the reason the reason that he's given more recently is the script was terrible. Um, mm. I read the script. Somebody told me the concept, and the concept was enough that I was like, no, why, I, why, why would you make a sequel to Speed on something that cannot go fast? That that's the kind of like fundamental like block I couldn't get over in my head. They only gave him the script because um, they thought he was the dumb stoner from Bill and Ted, <laughs> and he's <laughs> still hadn't yeah. shaken off that um, <laughs> that image. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, like that's the story that Jason Patrick kind of tells about this is that he got the script and he signed the check for all the money that they gave him. And he was, sorry, signed the contract and was like, so you guys, this is just a first draft script, right? You're going to fix it. And they're like, yeah, 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 we are. It's like, I've got notes. I've got notes on this. And they're like, oh, give us all the notes. We'll, we'll, we'll take all your notes on board. And then he shows up on set on the first day and discovers it's the same script that he was told was the first draft. And that's what they're shooting. Um but sorry, Andrew. So, would this? Do you think this movie belongs on on the bottom one hundred? No, I, I, I don't. I, I, I think it's it's it it's flawed. Like it's it's there. It it's very um it's very hackneyed. It's um it has it has problems. I guess with its action. Um, I think the uh, I think Jason Patrick is is um, mostly bad. But I, I, but I don't think it, it belongs to be on the bottom 100. I think, I, I, I can't understand actually why it's on the bottom 100. Aside from that, it's um, a famously bad movie. Um, yes, we, because, we be, may. Yeah, because like, like the, 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 something like Speed doesn't have the same kind of captive fan base who are like um, thoroughly butthurt that they're, a beloved movie has 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 been <laughs> has been d- bespoiled. Yeah, exactly. You say that now, but if they announce a Speed Three tomorrow with like a black female lead, those people would emerge from somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> like, crawling out from under rocks. The fact that Richards even mentioned that possibility now, like there's there's already the like a tweet yeah, army being stirred yeah. on on YouTube. I mean, okay, the algorithm was always listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. I guess this is this is the, the kind of place to have the conversation then, which is like. Why is this movie on on the list? Because there are plenty of bad movies. There are plenty of bad movies from like 1997. In fact, we we have covered a couple of them. To be fair, we covered like Batman and Robin. We've covered Steel, for example. Yeah. But like, it's it's just odd that this is this is one that is kind of held up when it's like, is this any? I worse? think it's. I think it's. I think it oh, is okay. any worse. Okay. Than like I I revisited Batman and Robin a couple of years ago after your suggestion, Derek, because I'm a Batman Forever fan. Um, Me too. <laughs> uh, and I don't think Batman and Robin is good. However, compared to this, I think it's I think Schumacher. I don't know what ever happened to John Devon between Speed <laughs> Twister and Speed Two, but every decision or whatever he did just deserted him. Any common sense, and I think what what makes for my mind why I think it's particularly bad. Every decision along the way seems to be made counterintuitively. <laughs> just it's like let's other than getting Bullock who. Looks like she's waiting for Keanu to appear at any moment to save her. Um, I don't see, like, everything else is a mess. I I love Willem Dafoe. I love him in yeah. everything except this. I think he's really? dreadful in it. I think he's not directed in it. I think he, 
He's playing four different villains at any given moment that he, he's trying yeah, to pick that's one. Fair. Uh, he looks like er, um, Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh, hairstyle uh, with a backpack on. He looks like a student running around, an exchange student running around. I did think that actually. But the backpack was an odd costume choice. It's, it's just <laughs> every decision for something spent so much money on it. It's just every decision made is really bad. And it's like, we, we haven't even got to the, the cruise ship choice, which, as I said earlier, <laughs> somebody should have been shot for. I, like, it's an it's an decision by any reasonable like of any mode of transport in the world <laughs> the only slower one is a, an old woman or old man's uh, little carts that you drive to the shops in they're literally the only thing skills. that's slower than yeah. yeah like i mean honest to f- i just it, it's everything about it is bad jason patrick can't act in this he doesn't know what to do like even though i knew he was in it and i knew keanu wasn't the crushing sense at this point when he rocked up on the bike in the first scene is like I was actually nearly in tears again. It's like, oh, why is the canoe? All right, when when I asked Tom Cruise, cruise control, like, yeah, like you could you could have the you could have um, the Mission Impossible two here and everything. Like, anyway, I that's why I think it's I think it's everything okay. about it is just hold up as a lauded as a dreadful, really dreadful, cynical Hollywood exercise. That's a bad in every conceivable way. Is Jason Patrick that bad when he's on the motorbike? And doing that kind of stuff, though. Or is I don't he even bad? think he can act. I don't even think a stunt double could act on a bike. That's how bad no, he, he is. No, he doesn't. Act, like, famously, there's famously most of the stunts here were done by the cast. I believe, when, okay. on, according to Bullock, but then he can't one... act on his bike. Then, okay, uh, okay. either way, no, I, I felt act. he was good at that stuff. He was just bad when, like, he's. Well, I mean, you know, the bike should be okay, though. When he was know, asked to do any emotional it? lifting, like yeah, when he was asked yeah. to like, be a character, like there's an unpleasantness from Patrick. Like, yeah. there really is. Patrick isn't happy to be here and like there's a moment he's the Donald Gleason of a generation if you will but there's a moment there's a moment where like one of the guys is like so I'll remember to tip me at the end of the trip just kidding yeah and your man goes but not really and it's like is Jason Patrick gonna smash this guy's head open with a toilet seat that's the vibe you get from his delivery of but not really but he's like that throughout like he's he's aggressively in like Bullock's personal space constantly like right in their face like he doesn't give her a second he almost has to back off every time and it feels like it's beyond the script it's just yeah, no, it feels there's, really there's, bizarre there's, like a, there's a flirty moment where they're like you know so uh is is your dining buffet open it's like for you it's open all hours and it's like yes would it be open forever and it's like is he going to murder her and bury her in his backyard is that there's where this conversation yeah, is going yeah. there's a lot of that vibe he's only convincing next to the 14 year old like the, 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 sorry the, oh, yes. I, I haven't yeah. even got to that yeah. stage but I've written yeah. down on my let's, notes so I'll get to that yeah okay. that was a, a surprise let's, let's, I'll let's get to put, that let's put, a, let's put a pin in that Um. okay so asking like why I, it's I on will, the list and why it's on the I will say that the, I mean I no I, I guess we can wait but I, I do want to defend the backpack I think for a computer psycho <laughs> he's either going to have a backpack or one of those, like, laptop bags that you sling over the shoulder. The man purse, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he has, no, like, a no. Nintendo power glove around his wrist. He doesn't need a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have a bad guy, why do it that way? Like, you have to have somebody run around with a backpack. I just, there's so many ways you can, I, like, I'll get into it. I mean, I'm not, between it's that. More relatable and real, Jay. It's like yeah. the rest of us, we'd also have backpacks in that situation. <laughs> we, we can relate to the guy on the boat. He takes out his he takes out his Apple Newton to hijack the ship, um, and, all, and all his little his little things he's connecting with their names helpfully on it to move the plot on and everything. And what he do, and he types in stuff and it talks back to him, so it keeps the plot going as well. Yeah. It's like, what kind of dog? Is this? <laughs> it's it's, it's nineteen ninety seven. Like this is the year after Bullock made the the net. 
I will allow the net because at least there's an awareness in that film. I don't think it's good, but there's at least an awareness that this is kind of this will age badly. Whereas this just doesn't care. It just doesn't care. Two years after Hackers, to put it all in perspective, like this Ah, is where Hackers. Or to put it another way, Black Hat, one of the worst films of the last well, decade. Well, okay, okay. Now, okay, see now, okay, see now, okay, see okay. this where we go. You go okay. after hackers, I go after Black Hat. Easy. We don't, yeah. The, the microphone <laughs> is very hot, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody goes after man on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so, sorry, Andrew. No, I, I, I was I was going to say that the, the, the wheelie luggage probably could have concealed more um, <laughs> kind of like like you could you could uh, screw off the little wheels and, and make them explode in in. in I didn't mind the fact that his bad guy was a kind of like his cover for a bad guy was a golfer. I, mean, I, did, yeah. that, that, I did like that. That like that's fair enough. That's a nice note. I'm okay. You could that. tell the writer encountered somebody who golfed yeah. on a cruise ship and <laughs> some had asshole really executive bad. probably yeah. at a golf yeah. course in Beverly Hills. I bet you people yeah. understand why he's being obnoxious. It is a good cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh no, he's he's he, is but, anything unusual? No, he's just a golfer. Um, he, but it should okay. have shown him like next to Sandra Bullock doing that thing that golfers do when they pretend to be golfing, like no, no, no. Practice week. Yeah, where, 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 no, where there's like standing at the bar and going in. Where everything, every aspect of his personality is framed through golf. Um, But, okay, like you asked, like, what is this doing on the bottom 100? And accepting Jay's argument that maybe it is just that terrible. That's a possibility. Not going to dispute it. That that is one possibility. Um, One of the arguments that I've seen advance that I think is maybe worth talking about is the idea that this is one of the first movies that really provoked the internet. It arrived in 1997, which was around the time, you know, as we know from hot movies like The Net from 1996 or Hackers from 1995 or Speed 2 from 1997. The internet is is very big right now. Computers are doing all these sorts of things. Uh, the Internet Movie Database is itself established in 1995. The list goes live in 1996, for example. It's around the time that people start getting really passionate and really angry about movies online and actually this is a nice segue into something richard said when we were talking about like you know when we were talking initially about doing this podcast you said there was something in particular you wanted to talk about about like speed 2 and the internet in particular uh the gif or the gif if you will oh yeah so the piece of internet archaeology i think this film inadvertently is a core part of why my generation knows willem dafoe still um i think there was a point in the early 20 no early 20-noughties, 2010, there was a podcast called Potoid, which had a recurring section called Film Pitches of Willem Dafoe. And one of the quotes that kind of went me- got memeified from that was, hey kids, wanna die? Which then got put on that exact image of Willem's face from this movie with the wide eyes and the hair. Mm-hmm. And that got shared an <laughs> awful lot. And I think like in early days of Twitter especially, that kind of went around a lot. And I think a reason why a lot of people probably wouldn't watch a lot of, say, Antichrists or other such films still know who Willem is, apart from The Green Goblin, is because of an image from this film combined with a quote from a podcast no one remembers that just, I don't know, I find that kind of thing interesting. <laughs> it's made so much of a shelf life it has, yeah. uh, considering that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that that's the thing. It's like Geraldo uh, Verrera, who's a writer at RogerEbert.com. RogerEbert.com apparently continuing Ebert's Stringent. Famous Geraldo? No, no, no. That's right. No, 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 no,
RogerEbert.com apparently pursuing Ebert's like dying editorial line that Speed 2 was a masterpiece. Um, but Valera's argument... He didn't say that, did he? <laughs> no, he didn't. But oh, he did Jesus. give it three stars out of four. He gods. Um, he like, okay... Sorry, apologies. I shouldn't swear in the podcast. Um, but like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just give you a sample of kind of Ebert's review, just so, just to give you a sense of like what Ebert thought of Speed Two, because it's, what? it's one of those, it's one of those great kind of like, just to get a sense of who Ebert is and like what Ebert likes in movies. I love the summertime. I love strolling down Michigan Avenue on a balmy June evening, past the tourists and the shoppers and the lovers and the people dawdling on their way home from work. And I love going into the theater for a sneak peek of a summer movie and buying popcorn and settling back in my seat and enjoying a movie containing a chainsaw. An explosive device with a red digital readout that nobody will ever be able to see. This one is concealed inside a fake golf club. A villain who travels with jars of leeches to suck copper poisoning from his blood. A sweet girl and her lover on a Caribbean cruise. He also just happens to be a member of the LAPD SWAT team. The other passengers on the cruise, who also just happen to include members of a diamond dealer's association who have filled the ship's vault with treasure. The villains plot to hijack and destroy the ship, steal the diamonds, and get revenge on the computer companies whose, quote, electromagnetic fields gave me copper poisoning, end yeah. quote, after he was fired and cast aside. All right, aside. we have revealed everything about the movies. So <laughs> all, all of these, <laughs> All of these pleasures and more are in speed to cruise control. Um, like that's Ebert's like three out of four review of the movie. Here's a list of insane things about this movie. I love it. It's summertime. Just go with it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was listening to Simon Pegg one time talk about how like m- movie reviews should start with um, the reviewer talking about how they're feeling. And, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> this review follows that template. You know, yeah. where it's kind of like uh, things have been things have been tough lately. Um, uh, nothing's really going right. I, I'm starting to question whether I can review movies anymore. I just saw this movie. I thought it was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> I wonder stars. if uh, I hope Simon Pegg didn't read my World's End review. <laughs> no, I thought they read it right, actually. <laughs> but but um, like yeah, so basically like but to bring it back to like why the movie's on the bottom 100 or one of the theories about why it is outside of Jay's, it's just bad theory, which is you know good and maybe holds water people don't like summer uh, i think that's why that that's clearly why but valera makes the argument that yeah this came out around the time that the internet was first kind of materializing and around the point where like you started having people who were going online having these extreme opinions about movies place like ain't it cool news where like you had this kind of like ugh. internet internet tone of snark that was coming out and becoming like the defining way of talking about movies the kind of viciousness that you really associate with the early internet era where it's not enough for a movie to be just eh didn't like it wasn't good it has to be the worst movie ever which like did horrible things to your grandma and like how it offends the memory of whatever and how all right thinking people should be offended in their souls you know where you have things like the reaction to Jar Jar Binks for example which is notably more intense than the reaction to something like say the Ewoks from like Return of the Jedi for example That's but, yeah, but Jar Jar Binks deserved it Darren Ewoks <laughs> didn't deserve it Jar Jar Binks is a disgrace of a character in many many reasons like like yeah. Denise Richards in like the world is not enough was she that much worse than like is it Holly Goodhead from like a view to a kill like Moonraker. is it like Moonraker sorry apologies um <laughs> <laughs> who was the one? Who was the Tanya Ramon? Who was the one from um, Tanya, Roberts. Uh, Tanya Roberts? Yeah, uh, Tanya Roberts. That's who it is. Yeah. Oh, um, Stacy Sutton. Stacy. Not Sutton. even a pun. 
Well, well, well done, Richard. Well, that is very. But like, annoying. yeah, so like, like Denise Richards as Christmas Jones becomes the meme, whereas it's like, no, the the the. the role has always been this and it's always been that way but it's because it arrives at a time where the internet is like no we're gonna be very loud and everything's gonna be yeah, but that movie was crap like the examples you gave so far were Jar Jar Binks and what was it Christmas <laughs> Jones like the, the you know that that, that Keir Starmer meme where he's just saying you know flags and this get new material and they're all pictures <laughs> Get new material, Darren. We want good films. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the world hot enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that, that's, thank you. See, Richard's a Richard's late 90s kid. Richard, Richard, you're going all batting for everything here. I like this. I like this attitude. Okay. The internet went crazy at this time. They had all these wild... <laughs> like, uh, Opinions like Jar Jar Binks, not good. Um, no, okay. You my mean the internet's going to die? My... In, my <laughs> My point is not that Jar Jar Pinks is good. It my sounds like is it that, is, Darren. My point is that the internet driving Ahmed Best to almost suicide. No, but, uh, people got very exercised. Yeah, that's it. That, like mm. the point that the internet's outrage over it, like bullies Jake Lloyd out of acting, drives him to depression. The fact but that Jake the Lloyd wasn't Jar Jar Pinks. No, Jake Lloyd was uh, Anakin Skywalker. But I, I'm right. talking about Ahmed Best. And uh, Jake's like he's completely innocent of this. Leave him out of it. He's a kid. Um, yeah, no, he. Yeah, but he again the way in which he's talked about how like at his Listen, parents. Star Wars should never have come back because okay. people don't deserve anything because they're awful. We all okay. could agree on that. Okay, but like Ahmed Best has talked about how he was driven to almost suicide, like by the reaction to Jar Jar Binks, and it's I like would blame George Lucas for that oh, though. Okay. In fairness, I, like it's one of the I, worst caricature characters you'll ever get. Okay, but I would also say the internet's reaction to it was maybe not. The even internet killed. reaction is terrible. I know people are terrible. I don't disagree. Okay, okay. But that's maybe if you, Andrew and Richard were asking why Speed 2, why not anything else? This I don't is think me just Speed 2, out. to be honest. I, I, I hear the argument and I can hear about Star Wars and all those and I think you're correct. I don't think anybody cares enough about Speed 2 to get the Honda color about it in that way, though. That's what I, I was Speed saying. 2, you just look at it and go, it's just there. Even like the best anybody could muster here and in amongst the quote-unquote fierce defenders, like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> It's just about serviceable. We never call ourselves that. I will not have that moniker on me. Too late, Richard. It's sticking. Hashtag the thing. No, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the best anybody can muster for it. Like, like um, that's the best. That's the, like, nobody. There's not an ounce of enthusiasm at all across the board here. Like, um, okay. So, so. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. No, no. And the thing as well is that Star Wars and James Bond are these kind of belo- beloved franchises like yes it, uh, people hold their childhoods hostage for this yeah. it's like you expect a sequel cares to be kind of rubbish you know that, I mean, that, if you can't rubbish a Jason Patrick film what can you rubbish <laughs> I mean like honestly like Okay, all right. But I mean, I, I think you Sorry, were maybe God. underselling the extent to which speed was part of the popular expo. Oh, no. The fact yeah. that you say pop quiz hotshot. Yes, like, oh, the yeah, fact that you listen, say it and that immediately. I don't disagree with speed. Speed's Poor great. people are whoever. crazy, Jack. I'm eccentric. Yeah, but you see, you said it, Jack. You take Keanu Reeves out of something. Oh. And by the time Speed 2 came along, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves. You take him, you give them him <laughs> on a boat and you expect people to be happy. Okay, okay, <laughs> Come okay. On, okay. Like. And it, Anyway, to get this conversation somewhat back on track. No, no, this, this is my my digression. I made the mistake of trying to answer a question that Andrew asked. That is my bad. I, I'm sorry, sorry, I just got to get a brown paper bag now. Just give me a second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do I think that this belongs on the list of the 100 worst movies ever made? And I am torn on this, where it's like, 
we when we talk about the top 250 we talk about the 250 needing to be representative it needing to include a wide variety of movies of types of movies of movies from particular directors of movies of particular visions embodying particular times particular eras and particular sensibilities and i would argue that there's something to be said for the bottom 100 doing that as well I think the bottom 100 should contain more blockbusters. I, I don't disagree with that. I think the bottom 100 should contain more expensive franchise films. I think that, like, the easy shots of doing things like Birdemic and The Room, they're all deservedly there, but the list is overcrowded with things like we talk about Crossroads, we talk about Geely. We, well, okay, well, Geely deserves to be there. We talk about things like Glitter, we talk about that sort of stuff. It's overcrowded with these sorts of films, and I think that the, this could do with more blockbusters dare I say it, like Speed 2. It's nice to see a big, bombastic summer movie that got a huge push from the studio, that had lavish amounts of money spent yeah. on it, that was okay. made by an honest-to-goodness like filmmaker like with a fine pedigree behind him at this point, and to see it on the bottom 100 for reasons that I don't think have to do with racism or sexism. Um, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, um, that's that's the ideal of a movie that I want to see on the bottom 100. A movie it's almost there. innocent. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, like, it's like it's an innocent time. You're innocent men. Thank you for that, Jay. Um, we're just yeah, I know what the men. kids are talking yeah, about these yeah. days. Um, like that Alex Garland movie. We're just innocent men. Um, but <laughs> what? What? That's that's my argument for it being on the list on the bottom 100. I think it's good for the bottom 100 to have movies like Speed on there. My only concern is that like that ceiling for like being a blockbuster on the bottom 250 starring a white guy cuts off at like 1998 with the Avengers. After that, it is impossible for a blockbuster starring a white guy, white guy, no matter how bad it is to end up on the bottom 100. So movies like we talked about, Fan Four Stick will never be on there. Justice League will never be on there. Suicide Squad will never hey, why be the on there. Why the boys voting? But uh, yeah, okay. last I did not vote. But like, so, so it's like part of me is like, it feels like it's a bit of a cheat that it's like, oh, it's a movie that people who were 12 when they saw it thought it was the worst movie ever and it gets in there on that basis. And I'm like, maybe it doesn't deserve to be there on that. Maybe there are more deserving bad Probably the book of Henry, like, uh, yes. could, could get on because people don't like children. <laughs> is that the one with uh, Naomi Watts in it? Is that yes. the SS Cannon one? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah the that, masterpiece that, that could is. easily be on the bottom 100. It I don't should. think it's enough like... people are aware of it. Oh, I've never <laughs> seen it and I won't. It's despite Darren's saying I don't it know why Serenity isn't on there either. The recent Serenity. Oh, God. Well, um, it's a, it's a fantastic like 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 it's fantastically <laughs> bonkers like in the way that yeah, like that's... I would like the bottom 100 to be like to, yeah. yeah where it's like that's, why didn't why didn't why did nobody stop this um, <laughs> every like yeah when you watch the book of henry it's like think of every decision <laughs> that somebody had to say yes to think about all like the conversations that had to end in yes that's a good idea or yes do it or yes that's a green light and um, i've thought of that uh problem <laughs> and here's the answer to it <laughs> yeah. read on <laughs> I don't disagree with your uh, blockbuster argument. That I'd like, to, I could list a hundred from the last decade. I'd happen, happily at the bottom, yeah, yeah, uh, in pure grumpy mode, not a bother. Like it's all that Speed Two is like the ceiling, or like the Avengers star. I, like, I think Speed Two is really bad, though. There's a yeah. lot that are really bad, <laughs> okay. but I'm not letting it go that it's not really bad. I've watched <laughs> it when I was younger, and I've watched it when I'm older, now, and it's really bad. All right. Well, this is a nice segue into the second question, then, Jay. So, is this one of the worst 100 movies you've ever seen? Yes. And Can well, you put a figure I, on it? <laughs> I don't know if it's one, like I'll, I'll have to go on to Letterbox now. <laughs> Do you need the distance? Are you too close? Uh, and see how many one stars and zero point five stars I have, which are a, a lot, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, is it worse than Belfast? No. 
But then what's worse than Whoa, Belfast? Okay, and um, back up. <laughs> is Andrew, it worse okay. than I don't know, pick your film that I hated in the last Say La La Land, say La La Land. No, I um, don't hate La Land that much. La Land's fine. This is why I was surprised uh, with the reaction initially of this being one of the worst you've ever seen, because you've you've said so many things like this in the past that it's it's shocking that it got it ranks yeah, so high on the end. I've got so many that did <laughs> Something ends up in the middle because there's so much piled on the bottom that it just keeps pushing them up. And they shouldn't be there. Like, so this should be a level flat. This is one that's pushing things up, is it? Yeah, it's right at the bottom. It, or is it, this being it, pu- Is it being pushed up? I, or is I it don't pushing? know where it's. It's it's okay. really, really, really bad though. Okay. I didn't enjoy it, and I use it, I can enjoy nonsense, and I didn't even. It's not even enjoyable nonsense, which is I really feel, infuriating. I feel bad now. I'm it's sorry, like two, Jay. two hours and a bit as well. Like, two hours Jesus. and five minutes. It is too long. Yep. Like I was an hour in, I was like, please be 20 minutes left. And I was an hour and five minutes left and I nearly cried. Honest to Christ, I nearly cried. Yeah. And that's um, not a good feeling to have. And I'm, I'm sorry, Jay. I'm, it's all right. Sorry. Listen, I'm glad I've revisited because I would have revisited eventually at some point going, oh, maybe it's not as bad as you think. And then, 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 then you know. Please now you can vent. It's, it's me to a lost classic, asks Jay. <laughs> I'm now, yes. Okay. And Richard, is this one of the worst 100 movies you have ever seen? Like, maybe in the sense that I don't know that I feel that I've seen enough films that I could name a hundred more that I didn't like more than this. Uh, again, I really? thought it was more just... It's a sheltered life. I, like, I watched a lot of average stuff. You saw Bullet Train last week, Yeah, right? I, I was going to bring that up, actually. I think I liked this more than Bullet Train, so that's that's kind of the level I'm at with oh Bullet God, Train. I'm really but... glad I skipped Bullet Train. Oh, you'd hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I like Bullet it Train. Jay would hate it, but I like Bullet Train, yeah. I know you liked it. I just found it really obnoxious and just... Oh, and, uh, yeah, like this wasn't obnoxious in the same way, I suppose. But um, was it? Was it? Uh, how how did it compare to Grey Man? In terms uh, of like, I thought Grey Man was serviceably average. It was fine. <laughs> I Richard, saw it in the cinema. Like your, your shoulders are sinking lower and lower. And why are you talking to yourself? You'd be on the floor in a minute. Um, no, I think Grey Man's better than this. I think I like Grey Man more than Speed Two. Um, <laughs> That's the, that's the low low ceiling for Grey Man. Um, Grey Man in comparison to Bullet Train. Yeah. Oh. So where does Bullet Train? Like this is an interesting ranking exercise. It's like just the sludge. Um, because it's like Speed Two and Bullet Train. At least it's a mode of transport that has been hijacked. Like that's kind of like what we're doing there. There's a solid thematic connection. Sandra Bullock's in both. Spoilers. They also didn't want to do it because of Under Siege. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you throw Grey Man into the mix, and it's just it's it's chaos. Uh, there's a central chase involving a bus, tram. I can't remember which now. So the, yeah. uh, it's a Lewis. <laughs> the fact that the movie was released three weeks ago and you can't remember the central set piece does not bode well. <laughs> it involved movement. It probably had wheels. It's hard to. It's hard to remember things. I've watched eight. Sorry, I've watched eight half star films on that watch just for your information purposes. Go on, tell okay. us. <laughs> tell us. Give us the eight. Do you want to read? Okay, I don't even know what two of them are. The Watcher is that the Keanu Reeves one? That's yes. really bad. Oh, wow. Shanna uh, Guard, which is Family Force. I have no idea what that is. I can't remember. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Okay, mm. I, that's fair. Jurassic World. Fair. Uh, an Irish film called All About Eva, which is a war crime. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, um, okay. We, we, we cocktail, disagree on this, but okay. Which is what? really bad. Cocktail. Which one? Cocktail. No, Cocktail is not a half-star film. That was from a years back, I'd say. Cocktail I'd say is the Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise one. Yeah. I'd say it's a bit better than that, I have to say. The Paperboy. Oh, oh. Oh, that's and interesting. The Rim Two. These were I haven't seen them in years. I've, I have no idea. That's the, I would have I would have picked you as a paper boy. That's a Zach Efron. I'm not a I'm not Nicole a Kidman. what you call him fan. Um, Lee Daniels. I can. Okay. It's, it's not really my bag. I wouldn't like it because it's very sweaty, isn't it? 
It's very sweaty. Yeah, Physically yeah. sweaty, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um and, and other bodily fluidy. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah. 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 No. Uh, sorry, so so Richard. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if we ever answered the I've question. The question yeah, I don't know where we were at. Um like statistically it's probably not one of the worst hundred films I've sat through in my life, but uh What a defense. I <laughs> That's an amazing. Again, movie. I'm not trying to say it's good, Jay. Just that it's not like the worst. I know. Thing just ever. when you start something with statistically, it's an amazing kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it was up to me. It wouldn't be there, but you know, statistically. I, I can't can't legally do anything about it. You know, it's, it's um, just the law of statistics. Like was, it's bad. It's not that bad. I don't know. Probably not. But if I actually really, if I could, this is why I don't. I should really do a letterbox just to keep my brain active on what I've actually seen. If I could find a list of things I have watched in my lifetime. Maybe it would make that list. Maybe. I don't think it would, but maybe. Um, and Andrew, is this one of the worst 100 movies you've ever seen? Or does this go to Bad Movie Island? Do you take a cruise to Bad Movie Island? How fast does the ship go? <laughs> I, I, I might take this to, to Bad Movie Island because it's got, like, Willem Dafoe. Um, and I liked all of his tinkering. Um but there's in better it. bad Defoe films than this. Like, there's Boondock Saints. That's the one you take the bad Right. Movie. Yes. No, no, absolutely. 100%. I, 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 would, I would definitely take that ahead of this if it were an option. I think the fact that so many kind of um, people uh, latched teams in college age kind of uh, men have like posters of Boondock Saints would probably prevent me from taking it to That's fair. Bad You'd have movie to get onto Good Movie Island and then you have to do like an export. <laughs> you have to export from Good Movie Island to Bad Movie Island. <laughs> but I, I would want better movies than Boondock Saints. <laughs> on, uh, like, you know, it'd be like Goodfellas and things on Good Movie <laughs> Island. Um, yeah. But then, no, that I do is... love that like Bad Movie Island has become an elaborate like loop tax loophole scam system where it's like no you ship to Good Movie Island and then you ship it over from there to Bad Movie well, Island. Well yeah you, you don't want to get the wrong administrator and hand them like doom, Boondock Saints and it's like that counts against your allowance but you don't get to bring it. You yeah. know? Um, so so yeah I, w- I, w- I, w- I would bring this because I, I, I think it would be hard to argue with people would be aware that it's in the bad movie canon but I feel like I could watch this alright um, for myself no definitely not one of the worst 100 movies I've ever seen um, also definitely not one of the worst 100 blockbusters that I've ever seen is it- I don't know is it, my wor- is it my least favorite movie of the summer of 1997 I think I dislike Alien Resurrection less sorry Andrew um, I think I I think I I do I dislike Alien Resurrection more uh, than I dislike this. I think. Like, what, oh I, oh whoa! Jay is reeling. Jay is Jay is exhaling sharply. Yeah, I don't mind I, Alien Resurrection. Okay. I don't think it's Me great, but it's certainly not this. Okay. I, like like right. if, it's more engaging. If, or aliens. If if the Men in Black. That's fair. If they added more aliens to Speed <laughs> Two, it would be a better film. <laughs> Predator versus Free 2. You know the way they're going to those Predator versus. I want the Predator on the Speed 2 ship. I think it caused absolute chaos. It would be amazing. Predator on a cruise, yeah. If 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 the Men in Black are uh, Jurassic Park are uh, uh, Men in Black movies that are being made now were released instead in 1997, would, would, would they be kind of like holding... Like populating the bottom one hundred. Yeah, that's the question. I think they probably would. Is yeah, the thing. but I think that because they're released now, we have this kind of weird charged fandom religious thing where it's like, no, it's my movie. I'm invested. Yeah, we're they're just 
starve for like like any any anything that's kind of like DC or Marvel or or kind of actually I don't think Marvel is that even that bad. I, no, Marvel. Um, like again, I have my issues with Marvel, but they have a very a reasonably high quality floor that does yeah. not exist for most of the other major franchises. Like I don't think Marvel has ever made a movie as bad as Jurassic World Dominion, The Rise of Skywalker, or Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but 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 that Marvel could afford to be a lot worse, and people would still be like really excited yes. about watching. It. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right then. So yeah, and then final question before we jump into the like Star Wars. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and sorry, this got on quite a bit longer than I thought it was. So I Jay, it's yeah. kind of no, like no, no, an no, in no. between episode where we're not actually talking about a movie; we're just catching up and talking about movies just, generally. Yeah, just movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about anything but speed too. Seems to be the challenge here. Jay, listeners, as if listeners have not seen. I was about to ask nope. listeners if Jay <laughs> has not seen. Do not speed. stop the podcast. Okay. Do not go watch this. Save yourself. Save yourself from my my bitter hard earned experience. Do not watch this. All right. Richard, follow that. Um, <laughs> no, with an asterisk. So no, don't watch it. But <laughs> what what is the but? If yeah. you can find a compilation on YouTube of just the foe scenes, maybe the Lolita stuff for context. And I would say watch like the last <laughs> half an hour. I have that noted down as well. We, we, we get to that. Seen, we haven't seeded this, by the way. So just any listener who hasn't seen it is just like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> There's several scenes that I no, I, I know there are. I know exactly are, what. Yes. I know exactly what it is. Having seen the movie, the film doesn't seed it either. It just suddenly happens, and it <laughs> hit me like a truck. <laughs> but it's just like out of context. That's an interesting statement. Like, do listeners go and type into Google in context? Interesting. It doesn't like, help <laughs> watching the film. It's just very. It happens very suddenly. It's I, horrible. I love, I love, I love that Richard's like go to Google, type "speed to Lolita," and just see what happens. Um, <laughs> Oh, You'll have a good time. Ooh. Before we yeah. find someone making some kind of defense, like that Transformers Romeo and Juliet <laughs> law thing. I don't know. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, uh, I think watch the last half an hour. The last half an hour in just in sheer, sheer Hollywood, like, spectacle. hubristic. Yeah, spectacle. It's quite oh, enjoyable. Yes. Oh, yes. And, like, we'll talk about that. Again, there's, there's going to be a game in the second half where I'm going to ask the three of you to guess how much that scene costs per second of screen oh, time. Oh, I, I know the answer to that. I, I read Wikipedia, so I won't guess. Oh, and then Rich... Okay, all right. All right okay. Um, all right, then. And Andrew, if listeners have not seen Speed 2 Cruise Control, would you recommend that they pause the podcast and stream it to a local device? Um, I would. Like, like above something like... Was going it, overboard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than watching Going Overboard, I think you can... Uh, this is... I feel like this is almost kind of replacement level. As in, like, our good movie has fallen through. Can we put something on instead? Like, um, and, and you know, that, that, that is kind of um, maybe uh, average or below average. Um, yeah, and that, that feels like a strong opinion. You know, to 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 say that this movie is 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 kind of average. I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. Um, but but it's it. I I don't think it's um especially bad or like um 
especially anything like it's ex- especially expensive i would imagine but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. i like how yeah. me and Andrew are in a position of like not defending the film but it's like that simpsons bit with the stop stop he's already dead like jay has been so vitriolic <laughs> towards it they were both like cowering around the body saying stop hitting it like it's just it's it's dead but it's so, i bought so many bats <laughs> you've even driven nails I, I through bought, some of them yeah, I, I bought three of them why aren't you guys getting involved <laughs> Bats for everyone. Yeah, it's just a pulp on the floor at this point. Jay, Jay, Jay is killing uh, Joe Pesci's brother uh, at the end of Casino. The thing is, like, I was on the podcast not not so long ago defending like Like Jaws Jaws Revenge, Revenge, which is is perfectly serviceable and entertaining film. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a good (laughs) film, but it's perfectly serviceable and entertaining and does what it needs to do just about. Well, like this, this it's not even confident to me. Like it's just I for okay. that kind of money to get anyway. No, I'm just not. Well, look, look. I mean, it is worth just to put this in perspective at time of release because we mentioned like why it's on the bottom 100. I I put my internet theory out there, and Jay was like, it's just bad. It is worth noting that like a lot of the response to this was, as Andrew said, just kind of tepid, where it's like this is a bad movie but it's not like the worst thing we've ever seen like the los angeles times ran a feature where they like hung out outside of cinemas and asked kids going to see the movie like what they thought of it and like it wasn't awesome like the original but it had some bomb and then in brackets meaning good for the olds parts said jason helms who was 13 years old what the fuck did kids know no it was like, weird. They're know? stupid. Kids are they're kids, stupid. Kids are dumb. They're like um, idiots. You don't know anything. Just about every youngster interviewed felt the same way. It was weird, said one, that all the action took place on a big boat. They thought it was highly strange to focus, to focus on a luxury liner not capable of going more than a few knots an hour. So, I mean, Jay, I don't think the kids are that stupid. I think the kids have a fairly well, fundamental the kid, they, they have a grasp, but they, they, haven't got, they haven't got to the point where they get older. We were robbed of our childhood. Yes. I need some sort of vehicle that exists in, a, in cyberspace to kind of vent. Well, I mean, it's it's also like they aren't they don't feel like they're two hours and five minutes closer to death after this. That's the very true, and it's very easy to be flippant about that when you're thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> don't have any appreciation of the value. Um, so, and and for myself, in terms of recommendations, I guess maybe is the thing. I'm again, this is where like Jay has been so vicious in this movie <laughs> that we all seem like we're raving by comparison. Yes, this is a cool start. I I think <laughs> stop that now. I think that I think this is a fascinating monument to a certain kind of blockbuster <laughs> mm. that doesn't exist anymore. I would agree. With Again, that. like we mentioned, like this the slapdash, uh, make a sequel and grab a script uh, from anything and just put the name of the original movie, the number two after it, and uh, pay as many cast members from the original as you can to come back. But don't worry if you don't get them all, which doesn't exist anymore. The like sheer. Again, like, as, as Richard said, the hubristic kind of, like, bombast of the climax of this movie, where it feels like anybody should have been saying, uh, can, can we maybe slash the budget of this by, like, but, half or two-thirds? But I was watching the end of it. I'm not going to get into it, because we're going to yeah. just briefly. We'll get into I was watching it the end of it going, and it kept going, and it kept going. Yeah. And it's like, like, if somebody had seen, like, some of the dailies or whatever of the first hour of the film, I don't know when this was shot out sequence or whatever, but if you're an hour in, say, you've seen something, like, they're going to spend X amount of millions doing breaking up an island or whatever, you'd yeah. probably go, lads, we might, we might have an absolute tanker on our hands here. We might just rain that in the tad, like, but anyway, what do I know? 
well, I'm not again, a studio executive yet. But to be fair, like the, the the big gossip around town, like in May and June of the year before it was released, was like, yeah, like they're they're like Fox are so screwed because it costs so much and they still haven't shot the big expensive set piece. So like they, their options are just to like write Shoot it all it. off. Or, over the line. Yeah. In fairness, yeah. like famously, studio execs are also like, what do I know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they know nothing. Well, see, sadly, in 1997, they hadn't got the luxury of a, a Warner Brothers style just canning it and not ever releasing it uh, strategy <laughs> yeah. for expensive blockbusters. Or, or algae rhythm there to help them out and make all the decisions for them as well. Um, or because well, that's the thing is that like if you ask Fox, like they they did like a Vox Pop with Fox like in January 1997. A Fox Pop, if you will. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jay. Don't you get in on this? Don't you feed into this nonsense? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's my only fun here, okay? So they did a Fox Pop, if you will, at the studio and asked them like what they. I asked anonymous insiders what they thought like were going to be the big movies of the year and what they thought were going to be the bombs. And the response was, well, we think Speed 2 is a guaranteed hit. There's no way that that movie is going to miss. And they're like, yeah, but Titanic. Titanic is the one we're worried about because we just keep giving James Cameron money. I remember the the Titanic, the whole thing before Titanic was released. Up until practically its release. Yeah. It was like going to with one of the biggest flops in history. Even that, like, even Fox himself, the people yeah, yeah. giving him the money and writing the checks were like, this is lost money. We have no way, of, we're not going to yeah. get any of this back. There's yeah. no benefit to And there was constant stories about it. Yeah, and, and then, again, this is, as Andrew said, nobody knows anything. Nope. The end situation is that this ends up being a massive flop, uh, earning, I think, like, what is it, a, between a third and a quarter of its budget, depending on who you believe, uh, back at the American box office. Um, and that's before marketing, whereas Titanic goes on to become like the biggest movie of all time. Um, so yeah, I, like, I think it's interesting as a curio. I don't think it's good. I don't think you should watch this like expecting like a good, exciting thriller or an action movie. But I think that if you are at all curious about like what bad movies used to look like before they were like focus grouped and algorithmed and kind of smoothed down beyond all recognition. Algae rhythm. Yeah, before algae rhythm got his hands on them. I think this is this is as good an example as you're going to yeah, find. Probably right. All right, with that well, in mind... Well, you want to get into the spoiler zone. I've been very nice so yeah, far. The clubs are on. You have been now. very nice. Okay, no more Mr. Nice let's, Guy here. Let's, let's, you've been nice. This was you being nice. Yeah. Um, you're like you're like the Scarlet Witch in the, in the in the multiverse of madness. This is me being reasonable. I want you to remember... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I haven't seen that film. I don't understand that reference. All right, we're going to segue neatly and gracefully and peacefully <laughs> into the spoiler zone. That was beautiful, Andrew. Thank you. So now, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I feel like this is kind of setting like Richard up, like inviting him to a cornfield uh, with like Billy Bats. Um, Just but, hit a mid voiceover. Yeah, that's the so, way to do it. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so, Benson. so Richard, what? Yeah, that's it. What is what is Speed Two Cruise Control about for you? Uh, um. <laughs> Well, all I can think about now is the Lolita stuff, to be honest. Like, as soon as that happened in yes, the film, okay, it's literally okay, all I can yes. think about. But... Let's just get that out front and center. Yeah, that's, that's... Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, who wants to go and first? it's very consciously Lolita stuff. They show footage from Stanley Kubrick's well, okay, Lolita, so it's not as if they don't right? know what they're doing. I wanna, yeah, let me ask this question. As in, so, did they write the script, realize the initial scene of Jason Patrick and... What was the seduction. Faye, is it? Uh, What's her... No. She's played by Christine Ferkins as the actor, who is actually deaf, which is interesting. Drew. Drew is the name of it. Um, when they're initially talking, which is the first like human interaction in the entire film, 
and it's a little bit sus and then is that them trying to like lampshade up and saying oh Lolita but then later on you have her like actually hitting on him and it's just very she's wearing sexy clothes for him like that's that's the subtext of it where she's like you should be wearing a coat and she's like no I like wearing my dress the way I am the scene's like you know emergency romances never work you know I'm I'm 15 next year and it's like this is not a 70s movie we cannot get away with this like in the way Um, that um Die Hard is about the romance between John McClane and Al. <laughs> Speed 2 is about the romance between a 14-year-old girl and Jason Patrick. And that's terrifying in its implication as to who wrote it when he wrote the script. And this is why we've got a picture of this way. The kids will love this. Who doesn't love fine, chiseled, blank Jason Patrick? That's it. Like, was the, the leader like screening moment in the script? Or is that like in post-production they're like, oh, this looks really bad. We need to either delete these scenes or lampshade it in some way. And that makes it twice as bad. But Yeah, just, it does, yeah. It really I does. understand why it's there. And it's really weird that they don't have Jason Patrick watching Lolita. They have Sandra Bullock being complicit yeah. on it. Uh, like, <laughs> well, she's going, to, she's going to be living Lolita very short. She's going to be True. experiencing that second. She's going to be watching another Lolita plot as he, well. He feels like he's made a huge mistake because he, he's kind of like went on this cruise with 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 his girlfriend that he feels nothing for um, and and got her like this um, uh, engagement ring and then he's he, he does he, best of normal and yeah he's he's trying to he's trying to be like a you know like an, an, a normal kind of functioning kind of um, heterosexual not pedophile um, and and then and then he's like struck by lightning from 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 across a ballroom uh, by, 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 yeah I, I point and, out earlier and, about jason patrick's weird energy 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 and i think that plays into that exactly like it's the, like, he's the wrong actor if you want to make that come across innocent or anything. it's the absolutely wrong guy to do he's like the guy who's like he's he is he's perfect casting for a neil labute movie like like, yes, like, he is, like yeah. and he does a like similar that, thing with an older woman but it's a similar he has one whole sequence one take sequence where he's talking about a relationship with another man um and the things that happen and it's absolutely terrifying uh with his group of heterosexual <laughs> friends and he's heterosexual but this is his experience and he just he owns it because he's full-on and he's exactly as full-on as he's at this he's just it. in the wrong movie i'm 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 not criticizing him nor of course am i saying anything about the, well, the I, i'm happy to himself. criticize him here um no he he, he fits really badly <laughs> he does yeah no yeah like those moments that where he's interacting with christine ferkins and again maybe this is something that says something like nice about robert pat uh, sorry not robert patrick jason patrick as a, as a person <laughs> where it's robert like, suing yeah, but like Jason Patrick is like he's he's very unhappy to be there. He's making it very obvious that he's very unhappy to be there. But when he's interacting with like his young, deaf teenage co-star, there's a surprising tenderness in his performance when he's sharing yeah. a scene with her, which is maybe just Jason Patrick not being an asshole to the teenage girl who's on set with him. But the result is when you're watching the movie, it really seems like the character's only like human moment, the only like human connection he has in this film isn't to like Sandra Bullock you know I mean not to be like sleazy it's, it's a very beautiful woman they have yeah. no chemistry her, her him and Bullock have no chemistry whatsoever no no and, and they like, don't even have brother and sister chemistry they don't have anything like they, yeah. if you told me these, these, they uh, stitched a scene in between they weren't even on set at the same time I'd absolutely believe you 
the characters as well don't have any like he leaves to go skeet shooting like when she's like yeah, it's just naked weird. Bed, after having watched Lolita the night before and he's just <laughs> and what about like, the, the, the puke and his plot point the phantom tread scenes and everything like that you know you know like you know being sick is not the worst thing that can happen it's like like look after you it's like oh man what the puke is going on they also make sure to show the puke which I thought was yeah, unusual to, yeah, for that you see it like globally a bucket of it like I don't think they did that in Phantom Threads I think Phantom <laughs> Thread did it better I think you might have Contra- controversially <laughs> like, like is Phantom Thread better than Speed 2 I mean like we've talked about Bullet Train we've talked about the Grey Man let's, let's get let's roll up our sleeves here but like yeah and I mean to bring it back to that weird romantic chemistry thing, the weird stuff with Willem Dafoe and Sandra Bullock in this movie. Yes. There's also like weird vibes there that the movie I don't think really articulates where it's like, is, is there a, a kind of a subtext to what's happening here with these characters with him and her? Like, cause they're at the bar and they have a conversation, but you don't see the conversation and you just yeah, instead see like Jason full Patrick's name out of him somehow, which is like, yeah. how did that even come up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and backstory and stuff like that. And it's like, and he's looking at him like, like he's jealous and she's, he's kind of like checking her out a little bit as well. And like at the end, he kind of kidnaps her and he takes her away on a jet ski. And it's like, like, it's, it looks it's, like they're going to get her for a while that she doesn't really it, want to get away in any yeah, real like, shape or form. Like, well, she, she has she to be can... almost forced off the plane, essentially. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, it's a, it's really weird because it does feel like Speed Two, like on some level, as weird as this is for a one hundred and sixty million dollar blockbuster that ends with a replica of a cruise ship plowing into the island of Saint Martin, wants to be a weird drama about like a dysfunctional relationship on a cruise ship between a man who's attracted to a fifteen year old girl and a woman who's attracted to a man who's suffering from copper blood poisoning, um, while having recently been fired from his job. But you see, Darren, like, it's not though. It, it doesn't want to be that. It just doesn't have to be anything else because it's a shambles, an absolute um, shambles. And this is the only things that stuck to the wall with really weird casting. And it's like the leeches to Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Actually, it's a film about class warfare. You'll find. Last movie, last one directing it. <laughs> this is one of the first movies. Well, I mean, there is a reason of... he uses golf clubs. That's why that's, it's it's class oppression. He uses golf clubs on a member of staff. I mean, yep, that's very clearly what the movie is saying. I'm sorry, sorry. Andy. This this is one of the first movies to draw attention to copper poisoning, kind of as as a result of, of finally of of, of, of electromagnetic exposure. <laughs> yeah. And we we all got those leeches in the post along with our iodine <laughs> tablets and tins of spam. Yeah, yeah. Um, How are your boys? How are your boys, Andrew? <laughs> it's such an insane character. Dude. Okay, okay, let's let's talk about Willem Dafoe in this movie. It's one of my least pleasant and least favorite Dafoe performances, and only because it's written like it is. We've got a sick boy what? here. What, what is it again? <laughs> the line in the anyway. Sorry. Oh, when he finds the leeches yeah, in, yeah. The, in, the, in the bathtub. <laughs> like the way that he says that it's like is this a sex thing it's probably a sex thing um but sorry jay you were saying there i, do, I, just, you're, you're I, I don't like i the foe looks like he's a little lost and generally he generally does films with directors i think that have a bit of a sense of what yes. he can do and he looks very uncertain in this film so he says i'll just try everything and we'll we'll see how that plays out now at parts it's fun yeah. at other parts it's it's kind of excruciating and weird 
And well, the gif moments are great. Yeah, like no, the yeah, where he just like he, he's got his the great eyes smile pop. and the weird hair and the leeches and the whatever else he'd come up with in his I, plot points, computer bits, and it's it's great fun in that sense. But it's because it's so haphazard. It just I'm, I was getting whiplash at his character reveals. So it's like it was like Mike Myers was playing him or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just with stop, just take him, pick one, and do it. I, I, I love when he was the charming selfie captain with the, with the, <laughs> the photo with the missile. Yeah. Yeah, Having just terrific. murdered the real captain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, looks like That's rain. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. so good. But, like, okay, like, it will surprise nobody to know what Defoe's motivation for making this movie was. Ding, ding, which ding, was, ding, 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 ding. Yes. <laughs> But it was also that he wanted to be in a blockbuster, was apparently. He wanted to be associated with a blockbuster. Did he know? Yeah. It's not that people don't want to see me in films, but I don't have a name that puts butts in seats, he says. He feels like he's missed out on roles because he's perceived as an eccentric actor in dark little films. Kind of the boy next door type if you live next to a mausoleum. I'm a little piggy, he says. I see opportunities <laughs> sometimes that I'd like to have that aren't available to me. So career wise, I do get envious. I Casting people feel <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little piggy. <laughs> Casting people feel that they have to get someone who looks a certain way. And I think the jury is out on whether people find me attractive or not, he says. <laughs> if some studio's executive's wife finds you attractive, that's one thing. But if she says, oh, that creepy looking guy, that role definitely isn't going to be offered to you. Um, and yeah, he says like, yeah, admittedly, he says, I don't work in the Hollywood system that much. It's just that I'm more attracted to, as Jay said, filmmakers working in the independent world because studio movies are often all about calculated effort. Admittedly, that's also colored by the fact that there's a certain level I can usually work at in studio films. I can be the central character in an independent drama, but in Hollywood movies, for the most part, I'll either be the bad guy or second banana or a supporting character role. So yeah, this was very much a calculated effort on Defoe's part to be... Can I make a blockbuster? Can I be like a marquee villain? Can I do what Dennis he, Hopper did? He did. In he did very well with uh, Raimi in, um, in Spider Man because he had a director that understood exactly what he was getting from him. I don't yeah. think the Bond either doesn't know or doesn't care, and just let him just was too intimidated by him. Maybe just let him do his thing, and it just comes off all over the gaff, um, which is a pity because it like when I'd again I'd forgotten so I'd started with the vocals on the boat and it's like. Ooh, the vote, you know, at least he's kind of lighting this up and then it's, my God, doesn't he, though? <laughs> um, but, like, Richard, as, like, the, the Defoe de fan on this, on this podcast, um, how would you, how would you rank his performance here? How would um, you grade it? I actually mostly agree with Jay in that I think it, it, it doesn't instill images. I think this film, people <laughs> think it's more of an interesting Defoe film because I obviously knew it for years just from that single image of his giant wide eyes and the... <laughs> the faux Woody Harrelson Venom wig and the, the smile and but then seeing it in motion apart from that moment actually which you just... mean that wasn't natural <laughs> um, but yeah like I think he's actually really good fun in the first I'd say half an hour when he's just like yeah. pottering around the ship doing his little terrorism <laughs> having a nice time to himself uh, and then yes I think the last half an hour hour he's just basically lost as Jay says and he's just screaming a lot and then he's just cackling a bit and <laughs> He's, he's a very, like, inept kidnapper as well. I'm not sure if it's a scripting issue or actually just Defoe not being able to convincingly kidnap Sandra Bullock, which does sound like a terrifying proposition. Um, well, he is tiny. He is, like, a very small man. Yeah. And he has a big backpack, you know. It's not very intimidating on the ladies, I don't think. <laughs> now, he does, to be fair, have, as you said, like an Atari controller on his wrist. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> 
Sorry. He's simultaneously too camp and not camp enough, depending on the scene. I think that's probably the, <laughs> yeah. the main issue. But the weird thing about this film, actually, Darren, because we've because I've done a few of these where we've looked at sequels from various times, the last forever, and a lot of them we I've discussed this with you about kind of films gaining almost a half star star for you know something looking well in the age like pre the pre this decade blockbuster I guess the last ten years where they all kind of green screen or whatever. This is one of the rare films in the nineties that looks like. Like, like it, it looks really like it's really not well shot at all. And the action sequences are really badly put together. It just, it just seems slapdash all over the shop. Like, and it's really disappointing because, like, I've watched I don't know how many 90, 90s films at the time and subsequently over the years. And usually, like, they're shot on film, they're kind of lit well, they're whatever. And it's not everyone, but a lot of them are. And this is just, if you told me Netflix made this last week. Just on terms of production values alone, I'd absolutely believe you. Except for the last half an hour, which they wouldn't touch unless Scorsese was directing <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, it's just it just looked. I thought it looked. I didn't think it looked. No, great. no, it's like the gray. The gray man looks very expensive. Like that's the, the most insane yeah. thing about the. The most insane thing about the gray man is that like it looks really expensive, but is entirely forgettable. You're like this costs a lot of money, and I'm gonna retain none of it, um, even as you're watching it. But sorry, Jay. Um, no, no, that's it. I just, I just thought it looked really bad, and I thought that might, you know, give it a bit of like at least it look well or whatever. And, it, and considering the monster is if it's cinematographer, yeah, you would think it'd be a lot better because speed is put together so much more clinically and sharper and economically and looks well. And the camera angles are better. Everything is just seems to be forgotten completely. I think the Twister. I love Twister. I think it's great. Like yeah. I love a disaster film anyway, but like Twister is one of the yeah. top examples of genre for me. I absolutely love it. Well, and it's like has great characters, it's got great actors, you get good performances out of people. Like, and I just, it all seems like somebody hit him with a hammer just before they start filming this, and he's just forgotten everything I, he's ever learned. I think he's this spoken was, about this, this, he got kicked by a horse. Um, <laughs> I'd believe this if you were true. Like, I'd actually believe that. Like, if, if somebody threw a veridical army and said they, they said they got kicked by a horse a week before a film, I'd absolutely believe it. Well, I mean, like, it's worth noting, this was shot by Jack N. Green, who is, like, Clint Eastwood's, like, go-to cinematographer. He's responsible for, like, Unforgiven, where he was nominated for, like, the Academy Award. What a God. Yeah, the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. <laughs> He's a long way from Unforgiven, uh, The Bridges of Madison County. He obviously also worked oh, with, man. like, DuPont. That's stunning. On, on kind of Twister. Yeah. I mean, he did direct The Net, which we've decided is a masterpiece on this podcast, apparently, as well. Yes. But, like, yeah, like, it, it's, this is, like, a really great cinematographer uh working with a director who used to be a cinematographer it should look much better than it does i should look at the very least it should look well before anything else the other problems be said it like and it doesn't even look well and that's the real does that scene you know at the start where the bike scene where they're chasing and then the, yes, he, the, he knocks off the bike and the two of them roll down the hill it looked like a cut scene from an a-team episode like it just two of them rolling down the same hill first <laughs> jesus christ this is really bad and again, like, very 1997 with computers. It's yeah, all about computers. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're like knockoff computers that they're selling. And it's like, do you realize how difficult it was to hijack the most automated cruise ship on the planet? It's like very 90s in terms of it's like fear of computers and technology. Mm. They're bad. They're bad things and they shouldn't exist unless they're rendering computer special effects, which they do at the climax of this movie. Oh, yeah, they Perhaps do. unconvincingly. But sorry. Sorry, Andrew. No, can I, I, I want to ask you something, Darren. Did you cry when um, Geiger was being really good at his job? Um, <laughs> when, when, when he was setting up all of the kind of um, uh, stuff to go wrong? 
it's funny I, you should say I, that because the thing that came to my mind when watching it and why I was actually quite enjoying those sequences was I was thinking of the phrase me and Darren both separately came to about watching Better Call Saul of competency porn. I was like, this is actually quite enjoyable to watch. He had the little gizmos and wires and setting things up and it's just it's quite satisfying. Do you know the thing as well though, just to, as one of those things where he's setting up one of his little doodads and it comes up, you know, with a question like time to initiate and he's like, instead of put a time in, he's like, now. All the guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's like, all right, okay, that's the level we're pitching. Fair enough. Well, he has a now button on that. <laughs> it's right next to the any key. No, he's not waiting around. I want the now button and I want it now. I mean, like, again, like, this is Janet Maslin's review, which is why bother to establish a real motive for movie terrorism these days? All you need are a lunatic with a computer, a script full of phrases like access denied, and an actor who can type with passion. Um, and that's that's really it. Like, that's the thing with Geiger is that, like, Hopper's character in Speed, like, you know, he's not a particularly complex or nuanced villain. He was parachuted into that script at the last minute. It was originally supposed to be uh, Jeff Bridges' character was going to be revealed to be the villain. Jeff Daniels. That was going to be Jeff Daniels, sorry. Wrong, yes. Yeah, wrong, wrong Jeff. Apologies. I think I got it confused with Arlington Road, another movie with Bob. Yes, yes, and Jeff and but like, yeah, so Jeff Daniels was really going to be revealed to be the villain. That was, and like, you watch it and it's like, it's set up that way. Like you have things like the pop quiz, which is a line that like Dennis Hopper doesn't hear in the movie, but somehow quotes back to him and things like the gold watch, which is a conversation that again, Jeff Daniels has with like Keanu Reeves and then yes. the gold watch pops up on the bomb and it's like, oh, I see how this fit together. But like at least Hopper's character there, like, first of all, it has Hopper, who is much better at this stuff than Defoe is at this point in his career. And knows what film he's in, though, as well, though, very clearly. Yeah. And he, and he has, like, a consistent through line, which is yeah. that he really likes money. Um, and some nonsense about, like, the bomb becoming, which is, like, very 90s. It's like, what is the purpose of the bomb? To explode, Jack. When you stop the bomb from exploding, you deny its purpose. And it's like, okay, this is very 90s dorm room. But, like, the character here with, with Geiger, right? Initially... It seems like he's 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 dying, right? He's he's got a diagnosis of like copper poisoning from electromagnetic fields from computers. Gets a lot of energy from the leeches, though, doesn't well, he? Yeah, that's it exactly. But it's like, but it's so he's not actually dying. He's just diagnosed with a terminal disease, so he got fired. But he's not dying, so he still wants money. So he's going to crash the ship because he got fired because he was dying. But he's going to steal the diamonds because he's not actually dying fast enough and he wants to make a score anyway and it's like this feels insane yeah, despite them <laughs> with it does money. seem ambitious and just stick to it either they're dying or you want money yeah what, 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 what are your influences here what are you what, what are you what are you thinking here but then as we said he finds true love at the end and when he drops the backpack in the ocean doesn't go back for it just keeps sandy bullock on the plane and attempts to fly away yeah, that, that's, wins, that's what I would do if I were in this position. With the two <laughs> of them with the two of them holding on to the plane, I would just kind of like throttle up and jump out of the plane. <laughs> like, you know, let them fly away. Um or try to land the plane, I guess. Um and and just go back and get your get your backpack. Yeah. And and then when 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 the when the couple who live on Saint Martin come by you just say they rescued me. <laughs> they gave their lives though, so that um, I could survive. Speaking of who, like continuity of, and things, one right? of the four. There are only four characters who appear in both Speed and Speed. Just four. There are a total of four. I thought it was just like Sandra Bullock. I can't even remember who else. That's is one. Who else? There's the police chief cameo, which again, Wikipedia yes. told me that. 
And uncredited. The, oh. Uncredited, yeah. And then the guy he steals the boat from, who I didn't know was from the first yes. until afterwards. Um, yes, he's the guy he steals the car from in the first movie. But he has a line he, in this one that's, uh, is it something like, you, you know guys are therapy? always stealing, yeah. No, he's like, I'm a therapy you calls me. I was like, oh, that's a very, yeah. like, interesting line from a 90s movie with the LAPD and, like, black people. I was like, oh, very, like, on the nose. Like, oh, no, it's just because he was in the previous film. There's not, there's no social commentary here. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. But it's also, he's a black dude who drives a sports car and owns boats, so you mm. don't feel bad when he's victimized yeah, by the weird. LAPD, which is a very interesting angle to put on this. Mm-hmm. Um, is Tim Conway in in the first one? No. 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 Okay. No. Okay. The third one is uh, the woman in the elevator from the first movie appears as one of the passengers here. It's not confirmed whether or not she's playing the same character, but she is apparently much more composed here. Uh, which would lead to people to believe that she was somebody who survived the bomb in the first movie. Okay. So yeah, so those are a total of four four characters carried over, four actors carried over between between the two movies. Um, in terms of, of other stuff about the movie, um, is there anything else you want to talk yes. about? Just in terms of... Okay, I've, got, okay. I've got questions. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, lightning round. Did you, before the house band, get on the escape boats? Because I, I, the, 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 <laughs> like, you'd think you'd save you before the, wouldn't you? I think so. If the, I didn't see them get on the on the, the boat. Like women, children, and UB forty. Those are the priorities. <laughs> I think they had their own boat. Well, they're you know they're kind of famous, like so you know because they're like. And the other thing that's like really weird is like how did all the people on the small boats not see this cruise ship on that was like a foot from them? Well, apparently that was really difficult to shoot, um, unsurprisingly. But apparently, like, <laughs> no one doubt. of the one of the really difficult moments in the movie was like trying to get like the boat to crash into the smaller boats um trying to get like the big boat the the princess or what's it sorry not the sea princess something sea uh, something seaborn legend was that it? Yeah. the seaborn legend yeah. Seaborn yes. legend. This... it was it was the one where all those um people who had covid yeah that plays. i was thinking i'm thinking that say that plays very differently now i'd say in terms of cruises yeah. <laughs> it's like... but like trying to get that to hit the um hit the boats was very much like very difficult as well. Um, the fact that like they had to. Um, okay, let let's talk about the climax of the movie. Okay. Now, Richard, you are disqualified from this because apparently you cheated and you did independent. Sorry, research. I did research, Darren. I I know yeah. the kind of podcast that's coming towards. And yeah, apparently, never do research. That's the golden try, rule, Richard. Try, try, trying to know things. <laughs> okay, and if you've forgotten the figure, you can play. We can we can play fair as well. But how much do we think the final? sequence the crashing of the boat onto St. Martin okay. cost. That looks and expensive. For a bonus point, can you give me how much it costs per second of screen time? Is it price is right, Rose? Let's go uh, yeah, closest without going over. Right. Okay. I don't know if I can give you the second answer because I'm not very good at adding those kind of things up. However, for the whole sequence twenty or thirty million? You gotta go. You gotta pick one. All right, twenty-five million. That's a bit of difference. Okay, and uh, Andrew. Um, I was I was going to go for twenty actually. Um, We're definitely doing prices right. Then. Sneaking yeah, under my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just in, just in. <laughs> you know, that shit works. You <laughs> Maybe I'll say, the uh, yeah. The, the, um, I'll 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 stick I'll stick with twenty. Okay. Jay, you're smack bang on the money. It was $25 million for that sequence. Breaking down to just over 83,000. I feel like you were coaching, Jay. (laughs) You didn't tell me to pick one, in fairness. I would have said said 30. You have to to pick one. I probably would have gone 30 if you hadn't said that, though, in fairness. (laughs) 
Thanks, Aaron. How, how is you have to give me an answer coaching outside of like convincing you're somebody a mentor, to give Darren. You know, you're an influencer. You know what you did, Darren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listeners can't see, but Darren held up a piece of paper that said 25 million as he said that. Only Jay um, read this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took my bro- word, I did. <laughs> but broken down, that's $83,000 per second. I hear And he couldn't get Keanu, like. Yeah. Jesus no, no, that, that, that boat crash sequence cost twice what it cost to hire Sandra Bullock for this movie. Because they had to construct an entire front of the building. Uh, sorry, of the boat. Uh, the back of the boat was created by CGI, but the front was like an actual physical construction, which again is the kind of thing that they would never do today. Um, Unless you're also- a Nolan, where you just buy a boat. It looks pretty good, though, in fairness. The sequence does look good. <laughs> yeah. I thought the sequence looked well, though. Like, it's the best part of the film by some distance. Mm. Yeah. And they also, like, they had to build, obviously they had to build, they discovered that the, this part of St. Martin, well, this, was, this was, by the way, the image that was pulled directly from Devon's Nightmare was the idea of a cruise ship crashing into an island. Um, but the idea was that, yeah, they, they had to, they found a part of, um, they found a part of St. Martin that was due to be demolished, a large like section of it that was going to be knocked down and, and kind of like rebuilt. Um, so they were like, score, that's fantastic. And then they were like, oh, by the way, there's a hurricane that's going to hit the island before you shoot this. So they had to spend millions and millions of dollars to hurricane reinforce the buildings that they were going to knock down anyway as part of this sequence, which is one of those great Hollywood accounting <laughs> kind of exercises where like it ultimately ends up costing them more than it would have to just build the buildings in the first place which is kind yeah. of the version astounding. i read didn't say that the version i read so that they actually built a recreation of the town and then the hurricane destroyed that and they had to build it a second time and then crash it into it <laughs> well, so that, either that way may... it's ridiculous but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all i have here is that like the sets mark for destruction had to be reinforced to gale force tolerance mm. which is kind of incredible <laughs> that's insane um, yeah. And again, famously, like a very, as you might imagine, a turbulent production. DuPont, maybe not the best person to work with. Bullock asked about working on the movie. Her only response when asked about his famous outbursts on set were, show me somebody in this business who's brave and isn't a lunatic. Jan and I fight really well. It's like he has Tourette's syndrome. The words come out, but the attention behind them isn't malicious. He's not an evil man. He is insane, certifiably, she admits. Anyone who does films like this needs to have an element of danger to them or they'll never do what he does. He invented his style. Now, every time he directs, he has to top himself. He's responsible for it, so he has to fight for what he believes in. Whether I or the studio or the crew agrees with him is not the point, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, in that, like, And again, if you look at interviews, and again, this is somewhat ironic given the scale of the movie. But if you look at interviews with with DuPont around the time, he talks a lot about how he's actually afraid for the future of Hollywood, how he's worried about like how the scale of action and the scale of blockbusters are escalating so dramatically. This is scary, DuPont says. The audience doesn't want the same product they got last year. You have to come up with something new and bigger every time. Sooner or later, he continues, this trend will have to end. We simply can't get bigger and bigger. The movies would simply become unaffordable, and even the audience will get jaded. They'll get so used to seeing these things that it all becomes one giant movies, so we have to try and turn these things around. That's quite a statement from the director of Speed 2 Cruise Control, but it's also maybe not unfair, which is one of those things I find really interesting about Speed 2, where it's like, 
it's in some ways like the last of its kind, but it's also indicative of everything that blockbusters became. Yeah. Where, where it's like the original, like again, this is where Darren's going to get talk nonsense for a moment about Speed and Speed 2 and read things into them that are definitely not intended and definitely not there. But you can read like the two Speed movies as metaphors for like blockbuster filmmaking, where the original Speed is like the good blockbuster. It's something that is big and bulky and propulsive and it has momentum and it gets moving and it has to keep moving and keep going forward much like the shark from jaws it's this thing that has to keep rolling and keep going and stay on track or else it will explode and kill everybody involved in it destroying their careers and ending absolutely everything so it has to cross the finish line no matter how many laws of physics it has to violate in order to do that and again, like, you know, you could argue Speed is this kind of weird distillation of, like, the filmmaking of, like, Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, and then strangely intersecting with, like, the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase that happened, like, the week after it was released as well. It's like a weird intersection of, like, timeless and timely, like, Hollywood filmmaking. And then you have Speed 2, which is like a metaphor for everything wrong with blockbuster filmmaking, where it's this gigantic, bloated uncomfortable thing that just like isn't moving particularly fast it's just lumbering slowly and gigantically and inescapably towards something that is ridiculously expensive completely unjustifiable and will end in a natural disaster for everybody involved that oil tanker has basically destroyed saint martin even if the island itself hasn't completely imploded as a result of what happens at the end of this movie so yeah that that's i find that kind of interesting that like speed 2 is like a metaphor for itself, Darren says, stroking his chin and acting as if he said something particularly profound. Um, it, it's like like the, the Annie says at the end of the movie, she's like, that bus was going way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I hope the, the opening weekend is good, says Annie. That was um, the problem with that with speed was that the bus was too fast. Yeah, and that is that is that is true. That is that's a very astute observation. Speed to um, slowness. <laughs> um, they should call it speed too slow yeah they should just call it well, I'm slow I'm actually kind of amazed even within what you're talking about that tomorrow we, I would not be surprised to wake up to find that Jan the Bob Reeves and Sandra Bullock have signed on Netflix with Ryan, guest star and Ryan Reynolds in speed 3 on a I don't know Hindenburg thing you know you don't know what they're going to do and they spend 180 million quid oh it'll yeah. be an elon musk hyperloop it'll be an elon musk hyperloop tied in yeah, yeah exactly yeah exactly that kind of thing and i'm like no it'll be a crossover with- bullet train and bullet train 2 will be speed movie and it'll have the same <laughs> cast and it'll, that's also got ryan reynolds there you go and Sandra yeah. bullock i don't know there you go. and then you, you, like nothing would surprise me anymore like um 10 part disney plus exclusive yeah <laughs> oh, oh yeah no these, these days it'll be an eight part miniseries um eight part i'm sorry yes you're right <laughs> Well, because the contracts. I mean, Sandra Bullock is a movie star. You can't get her for 10 to 13. That would be unreasonable. Um, eight. Eight is a nice square number there. Uh, maybe six at a push. She'll maybe appear in six of them. Um, Limited event series. <laughs> that, that's it, exactly. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, it is It is kind of just stunning to think about, like, Speed 2 in the context of this is a movie that they greenlit and that nobody nobody at any point said, is this a Sorry, bit too much to be standing? Yeah. Oh. Is oh, this wait, a bit Harry. too much Jesus to Christ. be spending on this movie? Oh, cami- cat cameo. But okay, so Jay, you, you, you look, take out the baseball bat. Oh, the cat is lovely. <laughs> so, um, take out the baseball bat, not for the cat, for the movie. Yes, sorry. Do you? Is there anything more you want to say about it? No, out? I mean, it's, um, it's one of those ones. You're, you're right in a lot of ways, Darren, in the context of the time and where Blockbuster are heading. 
and the bond not necessarily take responsibility for it to certainly which he should um and it's an interesting artifact in that regard um and i i'm glad i watched it in that sense and in that sense only because i think it's a reprehensible film in a lot of ways like i just think it's awful and in every conceivable way except for some I mean, special effects near the end which weren't bad i i mean like just to put this in scale like this is like the height of 90s blockbuster bloat where they're like it is bloat. let's make move yeah. let's make movies on water because water is expensive like the only reason to make a movie on water is because you want to burn money and like in the late 90s you have like studios just burning through three Three of Fox's blockbusters this year contain gratuitous water tank sequences, which are absurdly expensive. There's this, Alien Resurrection, and Titanic. And, like, those are all movies where the cast nearly drowned filming them um, because they're incredibly difficult to do. You have, like, The Truman Show is another movie this year that uses water tanks. Uh, You have, for example, you know, obviously, like, Waterworld, which I think came out a couple of years before this as well. Like, this thing that you have in the 90s where it's, like... And again, like, this is the thing where people talk about, like, how bad CGI is and the loss of, like, you know, physical space and physical objects. And I do think that's a legitimate concern. I do think practical effects are good and you should use them where you can. I agree. And I think that one of the reasons why VFX is cheap is because, as we've discovered recently, you don't pay workers and workers aren't unionized. Yep. You don't yep. compensate yep. them for the labor they do. That's why it's cheaper. Um, but I do think that, like... On the other hand, you have like the late 90s as a counter argument where it's like, let's just shoot it on water because that looks more expensive, because that justifies that expands the budget and makes the movie more valuable, even though like it's dangerous. Sandra Bullock nearly drowned here. There's a story about like Jason Patrick having to like pull her out of the water at one point in this. Um, But there's also like, you know, it's, it's also just not dynamic, like with the exception of Titanic none of those water movies made any real impact whatsoever, despite being like passion projects for the studios where they're like, yeah, these are really going to land with audiences like Waterworld speed to Waterworld is at least propulsive in the sense that it tries to do something different. I don't think I'd I'd argue it probably doesn't succeed, but it does try. I I, I think speed Two doesn't really try. (laughs) I think that's yeah. kind of the, but, the problem. It also has Dennis like, Hopper, which this and it also has Dennis Hopper <laughs> with gills. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like that—that's that, the thing is that. But even like shooting on water, like it doesn't it's lend itself business. to action. Like, it's risky and it doesn't lend itself to action. Like because if you're shooting on water, you don't have any of the physical landmarks to show any sense of movement or momentum where it's just the horizon and a big blue background. So it's like there are several shots here where it seems like the boat is just sitting still. Like the like, there's like you could tell me the boat was moving a hundred yeah. miles an hour, or you could tell me it was moving the, one I mile think an hour. There is a difference between shooting a moor and shooting on a cruise ship. You know, in a sense, like <laughs> you can have speed boats and speed boat chases and work. You know what I mean? By like, the way, Darren, like, they they tell you how fast the boat is going. I yeah. understand that it's in knots, but it's it, it, it's it's very slow. I've been on a like, like, no, I, no, I, I was using rhetoric. I was being rhetorical. And because, I, was, I was using a rhetorical device. Because knots like are are um, you know worth more in terms of like speed than like miles per hour or kilometers per hour. It's it 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 makes it seem even slower by expressing yeah, it in, the numbers in, lower. in knots exactly. So you say like twenty knots, and <laughs> it just automatically seems slow. But, it does. By the way, like I, I love that. Like the producers were like, ah, look, like it's, this is a this is a movie that doesn't, you know, when, when like 
they're doing like press for the movie and the press are like, this is a terrible like plot concept. There's no real suspense here. Why don't people just get off the boat? The producer like, no, 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 no. That's why he kills the captain. He throws the captain overboard at the start to show that you can't just get off the boat. Ah, ah, it's really quite clever Except if you think UB40. about it. <laughs> well, they they get out in in a lifeboat. Good. Um, and I want to say the lifeboat rescue scene is pants. Yes, it's it's really unlike not. the rest of the movie. Um, no, but like especially kind of yeah. bad. You know that, that that it's it's just kind I, of. I weird. don't even know if it's in my top ten worst scenes, but I well, I also agree with you. Yeah. I mean, like, the thing is that even the stuff that you know is, like, good here or, or, like, took effort or involved talent. Like, for example, the captain going overboard is a real stunt with a real person. It's not a model. It's not CGI. But it looks terrible. Yes. Like, it doesn't look like a... No, I I, I think... Okay, I thought... thought If you compare that to other kind of, like, people falling to their death, like like, uh, gratuitous Robocop reference, um... (laughs) um, uh, Dick Jones falling oh, at the, the end of RoboCop is terrible. <laughs> um, you know, but I don't mind, dude. Like in low budget films, I've watched a lot of eighties horror, particularly in the last couple of years, and there's so many bad falls and mannequins and all the rest of it. I don't mind that because it's ingenious solutions to budgetary concerns or whatever. But I think what Darren says when you have like 160 million to throw around, and you can. It's like the roll down the hill again. It's just not good. Like, it's just like something a TV show can knock out in five minutes. Yeah, but also when you're doing something that, like, that is a real stunt that takes a lot of effort and a lot of skill. And probably and a lot dangerous of as well, yeah. And really dangerous. And it, it doesn't look, or at least to me, at least. It, it no, I, 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 as compared to something like, say, the John Wick stuff where they're fighting downstairs and you're like, that's incredibly dangerous. And it looks yeah. incredibly dangerous and it looks incredibly thrilling. I think. I didn't it, think. Oh, sorry. I suppose I'm, I'm grading on a curve in terms of like comparing it to <laughs> yeah. other kind of like person falling out of a thing. Um, yeah. I do like when it um, when it's very obviously a dummy. Like in a, com- in a comedic movie, when you see like a dummy being thrown from something, it's it's terrific. Um, and if it explodes, it's even better. I like a dummy um, fall, and then the last shot when it hits the ground, and it's like obviously a lump of meat or something. And it's, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Give me all that you got. And and Richard, like as the Speed Two defender on this podcast, oh, super fan, I'm super fan. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. I'm gonna delete all my social media accounts after this. President of the fan club. Yeah. Anything you want to, want to add to this discussion? Anything we haven't talked um, about that you think kind of jumps out at you? I think we covered most of the bases. The one thing that perplexed me, and maybe your your research turned up something on this, Darren. Why does it have a subtitle at all, and why that subtitle? Because cruise control isn't... I don't know if cruises even have cruise control. I know it's a pun on the word cruise, but it doesn't really make sense in context. It's, I think that's part of the reason why this film endured is like a terrible, as a most terrible thing ever. Kind of like the electric boogaloo thing. The subtitle was just so infamous. <laughs> that that kind it of doesn't help on. it. It certainly doesn't help it. But yeah, like why not call it Speed 2? Like did they need to... Did they try to sell the idea that it's about cruise ships via a pun? Was that part of the plan? Like, I'd love to know like the, the marketing strategy behind why that subtitle was necessary or what it really means. I'll add on. I'll add on to that, Richard. <laughs> it's 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 very bad in the sense that like speed is very it's 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 bad 
because it's the opposite. It's doing what the opposite of what speed does in the title. With speed, <laughs> we're slowing her right down. Yeah, yeah. Cruise control is like you can't go over <laughs> this. Um, <laughs> the, well, then it's the being It's selling you the exact yeah. you got. So. That, that, that's. I wonder if that's not part of it. Where Maybe. it's like we can't we can't call it speed two. We can't just call it speed two because people will expect faster. Yeah. It'll involve speed of some yes. kind. So it's like we need them to let them know that they're going to see another speed movie, but we need to manage expectations. Which, this is the point, though. Why? Why the under, underlying concept is just so flawed. <laughs> speed two colon managed expectations. <laughs> speed speed two. You're gonna see it anyway. Um, by the way, this was a huge hit internationally. Um, which is kind of stunning. It made something like 70% of its gross internationally. So international audiences apparently were very excited. But this would be a part of ticket, so. But like, yeah, I, I don't know why it has the subtitle Cruise Control. My only guess is that, yeah, it's like, we don't want people to be outraged when they go when it's not another bomb on a bus movie. Like we want, we want people to Maybe. know going into it that they're buying a ticket to a movie about a cruise liner. We really want to lower those expectations. <laughs> so, but more that they, more that the cinemas don't have to post refunds or whatever it is. Like do what they did with, like was it, uh, was it uh, Greenberg? What was the the Ben Stiller movie where they had to give refunds on it? The Noah Baumbach one. What? Oh. Yeah, because audiences were what going are, to it, and they're like, "This isn't the Ben Stiller movie." It's, we, it's we, not very good either, but that's a different <laughs> argument, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, maybe something kind of along those lines. And I guess we haven't really talked about the bullockness of it all. Never mind the bullocks when it comes to this. She stuff. survives it. That's the best I can say about her. She like, is quite good in it. In she's not bad. She's the best thing in it uh, by some distance. Which um, is not, not difficult. It's to no, it's a, not a low, it's a low bar to clear. She's great in pretty much everything. And she's like, she's been in a lot of bad films. and But she's generally keeps you watching. Be- she's got enough to do here. Um, which, you know... She's kind of waiting for Jason Patrick to rescue her all the time, which is, you know, yeah. she's better than that. Um, and she's better which than is somehow worse so. than the original speed. She's somehow less dynamic than yeah, she, she is. Yeah, that's speed. what I mean. It's just, it's a kind of like, why bring her back? Why make that effort to bring her back and not give her enough to do? Because she's sparkling. Like, she's great at screen, as always. Well, I mean, like, the argument is that this is one of the first big female-led blockbusters. Um, mm. and that's a, But that's a technicality because, like, Annie isn't, like, they're still more interested in Jason Patrick inexplicably than they are in Sandra Bullock. Oh, they are, yeah. Even though nobody else is. Literally nobody else is. Apart from that young child. Well, I mean, apart from Julia Roberts, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was yeah. the low of me. Apologies, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. When, um, like, all Annie ever does is uh, make references to his to his tiny penis. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Um, Not surprising. It's, it's, it's all, it's, well, I mean, like, yeah, that, 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 there's something, like, very... It's like over and over again. Is this size doesn't matter thing. <laughs> but there is this weird energy that runs through the movie that feels like if the script had a script doctor, they realized that like Patrick was not giving any charisma. So like Annie gets all these lines and dialogue about how great Robert Patrick is. Sorry, Jason Patrick is. Apologies. But she gets all these lines about like how great he is, where it's like, she he lets me pick the movie that we watch. Uh he 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 got me a birthday present. He does all these things that a, a normal healthy boyfriend does. And it really feels like the script is like, okay, we've yeah. looked at the dailies, and Jason Patrick is not sending the vibes of like a and <laughs> they cut away to him and he's just standing there like a plank of wood. <laughs> yeah. Uh but a really intense, fierce plank of wood. But we should we should note, by the way, that like um, this derails Bullock's career. This derails everybody's career. Like nobody nobody gets out of Speed Two unscathed. I think it that bloody like, well should have to be honest. Like 
Some people that should never have worked again, to be honest. It can't be that long before um, Spider-Man, though, right? Well, no, Spider-Man is 2001, oh, 2002, okay. 2002, because, yeah. yeah, 2002. And in fact, it's seen as a... Cr- so it's, like a, a good five years, okay. Yeah, so it's a career resurgence there. Uh, in the next eight years, Jason Patrick only makes two movies, uh, which is a real loss to cinema as an art form. And uh, Sandra Bullock, sorry, that's catty, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not going to allow that for this film at all. I, I, I feel I, I, it's more the running away with your best friend's girl on his wedding day that maybe sets me off against Patrick, but we'll come back to that yeah, yeah, yeah. um but things like the uh bullock goes straight to movie jail for this um she has to have the hit with miss congeniality um like this she has this kind of run of, of flops and kind of low-key movies and she's like she describes about like she says you know you have to go it was like being sent back to the beginning again it was like resetting on her career it was like it was she was making demolition man again after this it's weird though because miss congeniality doesn't prove anything about sandra bullock that this movie doesn't do like, no, but it made money. Like, but it's a and it's a better movie. No, but um, like, I think I would not, argue. Like it, it's not it's not algebra. Movie. You look at her and she's she's still Sandra Bullock. She's still like yeah. given like like whether you like her or not, she has that kind of like um, kookiness or quirkiness that, that and whatever that, about the film is like. they're not hers. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 I would argue that like Miss Congeniality isn't some revelation. Um, yeah, uh, no, she's she's doing the Sandra Bullock thing exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, th- there's a really good quote from her talking to the LA Times, like the following May, when she's promoting like Hope Springs, which is her passion project. After this, and she says, you know, the first speed took me from my beginnings, and the last speed brought me back to the beginning. Everybody sort of went away and didn't care what I was doing for a while because I'm no longer the hot number because my film didn't make 100 million dollars. And I actually like this is something I really admire about Bullock is that she's quite honest about this stuff. Like, we talked about her being one of the first celebrities to collect her Razzie Award. And, like, at that Razzie, and we'll include the link in the show notes, but, like, her literally going, well, look, you guys gave it to For this? No, no, for uh, All About Steve. But she, she like, went to the ceremony and basically, dis- like, delivered this really scorching but entirely justifiable speech where she's like, I'm fairly sure you guys never watched this, so I bought you all a copy. And what I want you to do is I want you to watch it and I want you to make notes and I want you to tell me as an actor what I could have done differently with the material that I had to make my performance better. What was it about my performance in this movie that was the worst performance that you saw this year? I really want to hear it. I'm very open to it. I'm very excited. I'm very thrilled. You guys clearly know this stuff. So I want you to tell me what it was. Like, what choice should I have made differently? And it's a really good speech because it's Bullock basically owning and going, no, I'm... I'm doing what I do. I know what I do. I'm good at what I do. Um, the movies aren't. Razzies are very unimaginative. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. When when it, when it when it comes to their 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 nominations, they tend to kind of like nominate kind of the um, say the obvious the, choices. The, yeah, what whatever pictures, and then the nominees for actors and actresses are the are the actors and actresses yeah. in those movies. Pretty much, yeah. and they, they as tend as to get like a double nomination as well for yeah. for actor and actress. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, um, and yeah. So and, and also like I do like the Bullock is um, Bullock is very candid about this as well. Like even in like less than a year later, uh, she's talking about like 
you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that Speed 2 is a stinker. The first time I saw it, I just kind of laughed. But after the high of the first, it not doing well was a blessing. It gave me the ammo to say, no, let's let's not do this again. And like, even like, I like that when people ask about like the heat, the movie she made with Melissa McCarthy that made a lot of money. When they ask her about sequels, her immediate response is, yes, because I have such a great reputation when it comes to sequels like Speed 2 and Miss Congeniality 2. Um, let's make other heat too. What, what, what could possibly go wrong? All right, then. I think that uh, that about wraps it up then. Unless there's anything Jay or Richard want to say, anything we haven't talked about in the context of this movie, anything that you think merits discussion. No, I, 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 I think I've said everything I need to say. <laughs> I feel a lot better and a lot lighter now. The therapy session is... It was it very much so. I'll say it's, it's, it's funny that you have Tamara um, Morrison as like the... Yes. the the kind of vice captain because he has to say like attention on dick actually on the cast and them um, thing as well uh, Lucy from Twin Peaks yes. is the cruise director yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was like yeah, yeah. I was yeah, going to yeah, say great. that Lisa yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the cruise director yeah that's our, our Twin Peaks connection um, and by the way just to let just to let you know, Kimmy Robertson is very much in Team Andrew, Darren, and I guess maybe Richard here as well, where she says, I was mortified when I first saw it, but when I saw it again last year on television, I went, oh, it's not so bad. It's in some sort of class by itself, but I don't know what class that is. Um, I haven't come up with the word for it, but it's definitely not harmful. I don't know why it turned out that way. I don't know what happened. I, I honestly don't. But it sure was fun making it, riding around on a boat like that in the Caribbean. Sorry, Jay. But she's saying, and what you guys are saying, every bit of it sounds worse than anything I'm saying, I think. <laughs> Desperately flailing for something um, and not getting there. You may be right. You may be right. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of just an interesting aside. Like, um, It is worth noting that this does cast uh, Christine Ferkins as Drew, who is an actual deaf actor. It's weird that we've had two movies that we've covered from 1997, Steel recently as well, which also has a character who's in a wheelchair. It's kind of interesting that you have these like supporting characters who are disabled beginning to come into like blockbusters. And it's odd that it feels like there's more of them in 1997 than there are today. Mm. Just like even, even in the two 1997 blockbusters that we've covered in the past month and a half it's just odd that there's more disability representation well, wasn't in major Coda blockbusters the um like a best picture winner for best picture it, it, won. it won best picture right it won best picture yeah basically. yeah exactly the, um yeah so but it, that's not a blockbuster i wouldn't argue that's a blockbuster right right yeah but it, it'll, it'll it'll get, oh okay easy it'll get an easy audience Jay. because it's a yeah. best picture winner like, yeah. You know. yeah yeah um What's the last actual blockbuster version of that? Probably Eternals, I guess, which they made a massive song oh, and dance yes, around. Eternals, yes. That, yes. That's a good example, actually. Macari from Eternals, yes. Mm. That's all but outside of the that? last five years. Though. <laughs> <laughs> outside of that, though, <laughs> name another <laughs> example. Yeah, but, but like, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's okay, Let's keep coming. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some movies that haven't had... Deaf characters there. You're right. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, fine. I, okay, my point is we pick, we sorry, literally sorry. picked two movies at random from 1997 and they both included right. characters no, with disabilities. No. Yeah. I, I, think, hope, I, think I, I hope the, the other character wasn't in an illicit romance with Jason Patrick, though. <laughs> no, she was in a non-illicit non-romance with Shaq because it was 1997 it, and America wasn't ready yet. In, uh, very fair. <laughs> In 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 Eternals, I, um, Barry Cohan had big kind of villain vibes, <laughs> like 
Did anyone get that? Like, I, I, I mean, the guy who could control people's minds and yeah. operated a cult in the middle of the Amazon. It was you strange, mean he- <laughs> though, because he he was supposed to have like this kind of like uh, chemistry, really sweet relationship uh, with, with her, yeah, with with, with, McCary. with McCary. And I'm just uh, like the whole time thinking, like, <laughs> stay away from him, McCary. He's bad news. Um, yeah. Uh. Oh, all right then. So, if there isn't anything else we want to talk about, anything else jumping out at people, we normally do at the end of the podcast I, is we ask her. I do. We 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 have to do our nonsense. We've already spoken we about do. Robocop. The the sulfur is the inappropriate smoking, and the food waste yes. is the vomit. Of course. Very good, actually. Sorry, I would, wouldn't wouldn't have got the smoking. Would have got the vomit. Good call. Uh, all right then. What we normally do at the end of the podcast is we ask our guests to recommend something, something they're enjoying at the moment. It could be something related to the movie, something unrelated to the movie, just something that brings you joy in these unusual times. So to give Richard, to give Jay a chance to think about it, I'm going to ask Andrew to go first. Um, something that's kind of hit and miss, but at their best really make me laugh. And I I, I, I think I, I've brought this up lots of times that kind of improvisational stuff is mostly bad. It's like 90% bad. And that like you're looking for like a ratio, a, a percentage of about 10% to kind of justify it. And, and, and that people like me uh, are like willing to stay, stay on. I, I, I quite enjoy listening to um, Auntie Donna's podcast. And the reason that relates to this is because um, one of their recurring guests is um, uh, Ben Russell playing Jan de Bont. And it's a really stupid um, bit where he, he just kind of recall it. He, he talks about like biographical kind of like details about his life. He's clearly reading it off Wikipedia. <laughs> Or IMDb while they're playing a song over it, <laughs> and then it'll come to a chorus where it'll be like, "I'm John de Bont, <laughs> I want the world to know," and um, or it'll be um, what is like John de Bont, good times. Um, or it, 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 it's really really stupid, um, and 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 I, I I kind of um, if you if you can tolerate it, you might enjoy it. Um, I feel like if you've gotten to the end of this discussion, you're probably like you, you probably have a high tolerance. <laughs> um, and in terms of other like the which which made me think of another kind of um, which which probably um, has a better batting rate is uh, tree bean salad, which is also tree uh, people have as uh, uh, it's uh, Mike Wozniak, Henry Parker, and Benjamin Partridge. Benjamin does the beef and dairy network. Um, and uh, they 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 have a podcast where they 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 talk about a topic each week. So like it could be um, submarines or lizards or, or something like that. And and they're they're um, invariably hilarious. They're very 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 funny guys. Um, and um, I'll and second those podcast recommendations. They're good ones. Yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> the the um, and and a book that I read uh, lately. Um, I haven't read a lot of John Le Carre recently, uh, as 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 in in the last few months, um, and I I I I, I listen to our kind of traitor, um, and it, 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 I I 
I just felt like I was, I was, I was, I was taking drugs. It was, it was. You got was carried away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey. Uh. <laughs> See now, now I've got through the notes. Now I, I've done the podcast. I, now I can have fun, Richard. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was, I was. But at jo- what cost, Aaron? At what cost? And to who? I was, jo- I was jonesing for it, and um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I haven't seen the Ewan McGregor, um, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, movie which um, which was an adaptation of it. It used to be on Netflix. It's no longer on Netflix. I probably will watch it. I've heard it's not terrific or anything, but I I I, I really enjoyed it. It kind of does exactly what a John le Carre novel does, but um, I I I am always kind of there for it. I think um, the fact that he's a genre writer, kind of. Um, uh, I I I I think tricks people out of thinking out of realizing that he might be one of, one of the kind of greatest writers in English language in the twentieth century after the war, um, and that some people have kind of um, uh, like people who would know more than I would kind of about uh, about these things have 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 kind of had that opinion too. So um, yeah, I'd 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 recommend people. Um, read all the John McCarry books because um, I've 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 never read one that I haven't enjoyed. All right, that's a Taylor of Panama made recommendation there. <sighs> Good <geez. laughs> All right then, and Richard, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying at the moment? I'm going to start off with an anti recommendation in a, a don't watch, and that will be Bullet Train because it's related to this. Feels like a spiritual successor, and it's an obnoxious, unending very annoying film i had a good time with bullet train <laughs> i know you i saw your tweet before i saw it and, oh maybe i'll enjoy it i did not my dad um, had a great time with bullet train which is probably more informative about what bullet train is <laughs> i thought the double annoying thing is i saw it intentionally in 4dx expecting that to maybe you know, make it more enjoyable but the 4dx what? didn't do anything they i think what? they've turned down the settings recently and the chairs didn't move there was barely any wind like what's the point paying for it if nothing even jostles you Anyway. Jay still has to do his 4DX experience. I do. Jay's uh, experience. I'll tell you something. Oh, it's, it's great fun. If I do it, ever, it won't be with Bullet Train. I can assure you that. No, if, if they ever do re-releases, the ones I'd recommend were Hobbs and Shaw was good in that format. The Hellboy re-release or um, reboot was very good. And really? That, yeah. The, good the fun. Neil Marshall? Yeah, yeah. Okay, really quite enjoyable. For, if, you see, you've not experienced a Hellboy film until during the final scene where he's been stabbed in the back. For the whole of that scene, there's like a large fist shaped thing just poking your lower back consistently it's very um immersive uh and also the recent resident evil was the best 40x experience raccoon city. Yes. Welcome to raccoon city truly incredible a nightmare of a sensory proportions gave me a headache we'll you, do it again I, I love that like you you sell this but you make it sound deeply unpleasant which is amazing it's, <laughs> it's deeply unpleasant it is yeah I, 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 <laughs> like, i'm not you know you're not winning over any new fans here it's like, yeah it's not like meant it's to great. be pleasant <laughs> It's, it's great it's a real ordeal um, yeah, you pick the worst it. film you can for it and it's yeah. it elevates it yeah, yeah there's so much suffering it's Stuff amazing like bullet train yeah. was a sore disappointment <laughs> nothing happened um and then my actual recommendation kind of following on andrew's uh qualified recommendation of something involving improv comedy um the podcast i referenced earlier on but the willem dafoe film pitches if you go to youtube and just type in willem dafoe movie pitches you'll get a load of them uh the two i'd recommend as starters if you can handle improv comedy uh, what is it called now? It's 
Being John Malkovich 2, District of Foe, or a recent one called Munching on Urchins. Both are just very weird, abstract, surrealist comedy. If you can tolerate uh, improv, I think they're quite good. But if they've aged horribly, don't blame me. I don't stand by them. Repeat those. <laughs> I might check them out. I've great tolerance for those. <laughs> That's okay. Like, you know you made a connection when Andrew opens the notebook and circles <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> so what are the names again? Sorry, Richard. Oh, sorry. So these are just like two clips from a podcast from like a decade ago. But um, so being John Malkovich 2, colon, District Defoe. That's one. And then munching on urchins. All right. Um, and Jay, what would you recommend? What are you enjoying um, at the moment? Yeah, not bad. I would recommend Barry season three, which I've just finished. Um, it's been quite a while since the second season, which I'd kind of forgotten about it until somebody reminded me of it last week and I kind of sped through it. It's great. Uh, if you've seen the first season, you'll know what to expect, except more. It's a bit heavier. <laughs> a bit heavier. Yes, it's... And, uh, yeah, it gets gets quite dark, uh, to say the least, but uh, very good. Um, I will happily watch more. Uh, Bill Hader's very good. Um, and just to show that I'm not an absolute grump, I saw and enjoyed two, I repeat, two films from this year. Um, they are not obviously blockbusters because I'm not an idiot. Um, they are Mad God, the Phil Tippett. Um, oh, the Phil Tippett movie. Um, oh, wow. Stop motion, nutso show. I saw it in Scream on the IFI uh, and the sound design, the, the improved sound there and this just leaps off the screen and off the out speakers. It's utterly bonkers, about 80 minutes long. I think it's finished up there, but it is on Shudder. Um, highly recommended. Absolutely mad stuff. Doesn't all work, but my God, the stuff that's in it is just mad. Well, it's, it's a project he was working on uh, for 30 years. years. Uh, he did Kickstarters yeah, and he did all yeah. sorts to get it made. Like he's been, he's just obsessed. But uh, well worth a watch. And one that's. In, so you'd say the tip it's a winning ticket? I'm saying the tip it's a winning ticket, Darren. I'm even going to let you have that one. Um, and do you know what I recommend? If listeners are on the fence, that would really tip it over oh, for them. Oh, God. Right, let's wrap this up quickly before he goes and before you get further. We almost did. Um, last recommendation is I've just gone onto Netflix a, a week or so ago, which is uh, Terrence Davis' Benediction, um, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, if you're not a Terrence Davis fan, you probably won't be won over by this. If you are a Terrence Davis fan, you'll probably love it. Uh, it's about the kind of war poets after World War I, Sigrid Soon, Wilfred Owen, and the kind of their lives slightly after it and kind of during it, kind of jumps around a little bit. Um, Dave, not David Tennant. Who's Peter Pauly. Uh, Peter yes. Pauly plays as, for Susan, as an older man. Uh, Jack Loudon is terrific as a younger um, uh, Susan. And it's it's really good, really gorgeous, really heartfelt. I loved it. It, it. Davis makes films that kind of are sad and swoony and a little bit enthralling. And if you click into it, if you sink in with them, they're just divine. But I know that everyone is a massive fan, but this is highly recommended. And this is on the Netflix the Netflix. You rarely have anything good on, so look, you know. Look at you, you recommending modern stuff. I know, right? Like, like some sort of new kid on the block or something. Like that, you're hip and with it. Don't worry, I'll be back slagging off something else next week. This is just a, <laughs> a temporary aberration. Um, in in terms of, of recommendations uh, for myself, um, I mean, Better Call Saul ended as we're recording yes. this. Um, phenomenal final episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I maybe needed a moment afterwards. It's probably the best. Uh, finale of a show since The Leftovers. I'm trying to think the last yeah, season, yeah, the last yeah. show that had a finale that hit me as hard as this one did was The Leftovers. 
Um, so I would wholeheartedly uh, recommend that. I got properly kind of like misty-eyed at that. It has all the things that Darren likes in it, like the idea that uh, drugs are bad and horrible experiences and that, uh, you know, prison is a terrible place their hope goes to die. Um, so it was really just a big bag of fun for Darren. It had all my favorite stuff in it. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, I guess I liked Prey, which is on Disney+. Plus. I think I recommended it before. I would uh, recommend kind of seeking it out. And yeah, in terms of water stuff, I guess... Uh, uh, Titanic is good. I, I, I don't know. I've got and speed. The cruel jaws. Cruel. You already recommended that. I, I'm thrown out again for anybody else. It's great. Andrew wrote it down and circled. It's it, which terrible. Means I'm, but it's I'm fairly sure he's seen it by now, right? Which uh, the, the, the cruel no, jaws. Bruno Mattei. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay. Get to it, Andrew. You will not regret <laughs> it. All right, and I guess speed. The original speed because I yes. rewatched it as part of the prep and for Twister. this, and it's. It's such a good movie. Speed is so good. It's just perfect. It's the perfect blockbuster. You might um, be right. All right, then. So if listeners... Unfortunately, are- it's like a, what, seven point something on uh, IMDb. Yeah, those guys are idiots, though. IMDb, so we will never talk about it. I, I did consider asking, would we pull like a T train spotting thing and do speed and speed two? But I thought that was maybe a bit like much. I don't know if speed quite qualified. Of, of what we did for train spotting, yeah. Um... But okay, so if this is looking for a bit more Jason in their lives, where can they find you? Watch up to where you at? Uh, at JPR Coyle on Twitter. Um, and, you know, soon to be available on whatever sequel concoction Darren brings to me the next time for uh, podcasting pleasures. Um, I can't wait to see what it is. I like, I like that you've narrowed it down to just being sequels. No, it's, it's, not, like... I, no, it's just it has somehow become that. But it wasn't always thus. <laughs> it's a self-fulfilling thing, Jay. You, you, you repeat it often enough and... I internalize it. Yes. I, I am manifesting a little bit. I will, to be honest with you. I, I, I am. It's true. It's fair. I'm not even complaining. Um, I do enjoy it. It's good nonsense. <laughs> that that's how Luke became like the baby geniuses guy. He just kept saying it to me enough. <laughs> a lot of boss baby vibes on this. <laughs> Jay just stops talking about how he's this guy who who like carried Scorsese um, uh, for 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 a whole year and a half. Yeah, that was a that was a long run. That was a good one. That was a COVID run. That was that was that was a strange yeah, time. I'm I mean not to not to put a flag in it now, but I have just realized that there are like thirteen Hitchcock movies we need to cover. So I'm thinking next year the podcast might go off Hitchcocked. You've made a ball to that there. Okay, fine. Richard, where can we find you? Watch out! Watch out! I can't believe you made that joke without like realizing what I'm wearing as a T-shirt. But anyway, hey. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> uh, where can you find me? Um. Twitter at Frontastic. That's that's about. I it. feel like that gag didn't land for listeners. He was wearing a Hitchcock T-shirt. No. Uh, I assume that kind of came across in context, but <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you have to spell out everything these days for those snowflakes yeah, out there in Radio yeah. Land. That's I mean, they're, they're probably on their phones as they're listening to this. <laughs> they're sending text messages. They're playing video games. Yeah, they're just half listening. Um, listening to so, rock and roll. Yeah, the rap music. <laughs> The hip hop, the Elvis. They're listening to the Elvis. But it's um, Swain. Yeah. By the way, oh yeah, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. I had a really good time. That's with, actually a good sorry. recommendation. I'd second that one. Yeah. It was, I'm yeah. going to watch it because Deranged. I don't think it's going to be good. However, there's a just about enough people whose opinions I respect have liked just it about enough. enough for me to test the waters. It's neither good nor so, bad. It's just it's very it's, experiential. It's an experience. The trailer yes. was one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. That's the only thing that worries have, me. Have you seen the he's white clip? Yes. That's I'll wait film. for you to watch it, James. <laughs> that, that is the and film, yeah. That thanks, is. Andrew. I'll, I'll, I'll take that bullet. I respect your opinion. 
And I tell you, when <laughs> no, I come back, if it's really kidding. bad, I'll come back and tell you all about it. You know I will. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, that came surprisingly close to making the list. I was very excited and it just missed. Wait, top or bottom? Top. top. <laughs> <laughs> it could have gone either way. An important yeah, clarification. <laughs> yeah, that is very fair. Um, but Richard, we, sorry. Yeah, because like, I think I was talking about this previously, how a lot of people were making fun of it initially and then Including being yourself. convinced to go see it and then raving about how good it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were like, uh, we've had entire tangents on the podcast where you've asked, is Tom Hanks bad now, based purely on the trailer for Elvis? Yeah. I, I also said that. <laughs> um, in this is like Cloud Atlas Elvis, Cloud Atlas Tom <laughs> oh, Hanks. Oh, God. Oh, yes. That's up for <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> But sorry, we're on we're on a roll here. I think was what did I describe? Like I described the fountain as like Cloud Atlas for emos. It's like yes. yeah, everything is now Cloud <laughs> Atlas. But sorry, Richard, where are you? Where are you at? Sorry. Uh, yeah, just just on Twitter at Frontastic, not Fantastic, Frontastic. But also don't follow me because you don't get any. That's out how of it. you pronounce it. I've been saying Frontastic. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, it's not a real word. So. Loads of things out of it. Resident Evil conversations, Friday the Thirteenth conversation. What more do you want? Yeah, yeah. Oh, me and you, Jay, we do, but no one else does. But <laughs> they, they, they don't. We don't care about those. I get shouted up for my scream rankings. It's grand. Yeah, it's good fun. <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't right. seen your scream rankings. Oh, you almost, did. Almost <laughs> did, I, did I share with you? Ah, yeah, everyone did. I was very wrong All about right. them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You were yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. What did you put up number one? What, what oh, oh I no, three, Jay. You worked point? backwards. Yeah. yeah, you you kind of well, worked Richard, backwards. Four like eventually, screen... four three something something. Richard, you're talking to somebody that put Halloween to the Rob Zombie version at number one. This Halloween ranking, so I guess I don't tweet, so I don't know really like how it feels. But is it, it like right? I listen to Darren a lot say like, "Oh, I tweet things and then people shout at me." It's like is, <laughs> ah, that's is Darren. That that Darren is in a whole different world like, of internet yeah, than I'm He's in. Twitter famous like, now, is, so he gets yeah, all. Yeah, like, he's got a tick and everything like. <laughs> Isn't like isn't that what you dream of? You know, the, like the, it's in engagement. Like Darren is saying, "Oh, oh no, yeah, no, 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 my life has become that, uh, that's for media celebrities like Darren. That's not for the rest of us." Like my, my I love by the my, way that you my just, tweet like, Twitter... has just kind of shot into the stratosphere, and everybody's kind of like, replying and retweeting it. And now I'm getting all of this kind of like hatred. And it's like, yeah, no, not everyone's going to agree with me. you. I don't know. I mean, you do make it sound like like Twitter is my John DeBon Speed Two Cruise Control, where like it's it's like I have this recurring nightmare, and it's just materialized itself into the world, Darren, costing twentieth century Star Wars opinions. Do you have, and how many people do you outrage with it? I was about That's to joke that your giant boat crashing into an island is mentioning the Last Jedi and then watching the, <laughs> yeah, the things. Yeah. Or the MCU is your William Dafoe. <laughs> how do you expect to happen? You know exactly like what. <laughs> <laughs> But the best part is when you're like, when you tweet and you're like, I guarantee you that people will respond this way and then they respond this way. It's actually um, also funny if I respond to Darren about something, which I, I rarely get the fo- into the blockbuster wars and a lot of the time it's tongue in cheek. Then I get Darren's followers asking me questions. <laughs> like, I have no idea, mate. I do not. You always got time with me, pal. I was watching the Curacao film the other night. I don't care about the Eternals, like, or whatever you're talking about. Um, <laughs> wasting your life. I don't care. <laughs> oh, all right. Talking about wasting our 
our lives, which is a nice segue. Yes, yes. Uh, next week, myself and Andrew will be talking about Batman Begins to mark the international holiday known as Batman Day. And then the following week, uh, myself and Andrew will be back. The wonderful Raymond Creamer uh, will be joining us to talk about Dumb and Dumber 2 when Harry met Lloyd. Good Jesus. I know, we're covering a lot of bad movies lately. I don't know why guests seem to be in a bad movie mood. Um, thank you so much, Jay. Thank you so much. <laughs> that, was enter- that was remarkably more entertaining than the film. Much, much more entertaining <laughs> than the film. <laughs> All right, talk to you guys. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys.